Welcome to the 1 1. I'm BJ Ryan. Episode 151 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. Back at 1 1 HQ alongside the Perth Racing Guru and Daniel Cripps is back with us today. Cripper, welcome back to the show. Hello, Terry. Terry and BJ. Uh, hello, Terry. <laughs> Terry. Hello, BJ. <laughs> Terry on radio. Right. Terry. Very well something. <laughs> it's, uh, yep, as always, thanks for having me on. Um, sorry, I couldn't get to episode 150, but congrats to you guys on that. And episode 151 will do. Yeah, 151, eh? That's a lot of hours. We calculated it the other day, actually. How many hours of podcasting it was? I think it's I think it's days, not hours, obviously. It's probably probably weeks. 12, 12 probably days months. of Brittany Taylor said. Yeah, yeah 12 days. A two-hour podcast takes really four hours. Very so. <laughs> me. Very me. How, uh, how was your railway stakes day, Crip? From a, not just from a punting point of view, but an enjoyment point of view. How did you uh, – how were we the Saturday night, the Sunday morning? What, 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 was, your, what was your day like? Good day. Yeah. Um, punt wise, wasn't didn't get too heavily involved. I think I was losing small and then had something on above the peg, which was a good way to finish. But yeah, definitely didn't break any records. Good day to be out there. Enjoyed going on with you on SEM with G yeah, Hall. That was good was fun, good fun and, wasn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, no, nah, no complaints. So was, uh, looking forward to this week, but with the Betfair lunch and whatnot. So I think there's a little bit more interest in this card as well. So I'm, uh, yeah, can't wait to get out there. Does look a, uh, yeah, it does look a, uh, a nice little bank card. How good is Ascot when there's a crowd there? It's hard yeah, to beat. It it's is, just, it's brilliant. Know, it's just it's brilliant. Yeah. Pumping. Yeah. Hearing an actual, uh, celebration as a horse goes past the line. And I think, yeah, I think they said there was 10,000 max there. I mm-hmm. think the, the crowd. So, um, well, after the early rain, that's probably not a bad number. But in it, it, it well. felt like it enough. Like I, I, I wanted most of the course went up, went up to the members as well. Um, it just felt like there was enough people to create an atmosphere of a, of a group one, a worthy of a group one race day. And um, if you could bottle that and sort of, sort of try and I don't know, try and capture that. I don't know, four times a year, at, you know, like within WA Racing, then you're kind of satisfied as a as a WA Racing fan. It's just it's hard to get that that vibe um, at Ascot unless you've got that critical mass of people from a crowd point of view. But just that hum of the crowd when you walk into Ascot and there's people there and you just know that it's, um, you know, sun's out, you know that it's we're all set for a great day's racing. So it's kind of magical, Ascot, when it's mm. like that. So, so much is. optimism when you walk in as well. Yeah, there is. That's, that's racing in general. I could go, go midweek, I reckon, on a Wednesday and be one of the 11 people there. And you always walk in just saying, geez, how am I going to carry all this cash home? You start like, in like Conor McGregor. Impossible. <laughs> I read, yeah. I read um, walk out like butterbean. <laughs> I read McCormick bookmaking their thread that they put on Twitter, and they had a good hold as well. So people were betting. Oh, is that uh, the, on, on that Pete's little uh, gloat thread he puts up every week, saying how much money he made? It's going to say that to you, actually. Uh, so the, people were betting on course with the bookies, um, yeah, enjoying themselves. Yeah, it was terrific. So we roll on to Winterbottom Stakes Day this Saturday. Yeah, very good. They're very competitive with the boys as well. If something goes off on on Betfair, everyone they don't necessarily just short and follow it. They'll stay out and be a little bit more um, adventurous. So definitely, um, if you're on course, have a have a bet with those lads. Cause, more of a punter and less of a puppet, you say? Exactly right. What, um, what, what did we make of uh, the results last weekend, um, Well, first of all, I was going to say to Crip, I'm firmly of the opinion that it's time to no longer race anywhere else bar the three-metre pad because that was pretty ordinary, isn't it? You can't have an inside lane being off like every single meeting when it's a true. It's, it's just not good. I went into the meeting slightly hopeful that 
the last time the rail was at True, the fence was off was because they didn't get the rain they expected to mm -hmm. and then they had to water it on the morning and I thought that might have upset the roost a little bit. But to see the fence off again with no excuses just means now that – and I, Brad Parnham actually spoke about it in his post-race interview on Snipperucci. He said the grass looks different, that mm -hmm. inside lane or two, and he was – he made a conscious effort to stay well away. And to be honest, for, in my opinion, that's the ride of the day. I know it's not the most skillful ride, but for Brad to have the nous to stay off the fence after that was race five as well. So he picked it up. Mm. I love seeing jockeys adjust to the pattern of the day because there's a lot and even some really good ones who blatantly ignore it. The, I'm we, have give to, you, we have to bin the tree, don't we? I'm going to bin, bin uh, the tree. 100% we're going to be in the true, but mm. yeah, that, that was the ride of the day. And, and alternatively, um, you look at a ride on a horse like – because it was far better to be three wide, no cover than hard on that fence, right? Look at a horse like Big Butter Boom who was sort of settled three wide outside the speed. And you're like, well, that's probably where you want to probably sort of be to some degree today, big horse like that as well, but worked it hard then to get to that fence mid-race. And I, I just thought, what on earth? And that they weren't the instructions either. I thought, what on earth are you doing? Like, that is – you're right. You've got to pick up on the, on the track. And um, But I just – yeah. Yeah, you just it's very hard and you you would know as well you're someone who likes to find horses predominantly that race on speed or near the speed like we we don't want to be betting in on tracks where the inside pad like you start next thing you know you start drawing one two three and you've got to start trying to get off the fence so early in racing like we don't we don't we don't want to be doing formal betting in, <coughs> in tracks like that not on our group one days in november no nah. like you can you can understand during the depths of winter on wet tracks and things like that so um the good thing is a three meter pad which we'll talk about in the Witten's report shortly, mm -hmm. BJ, uh, I think it's probably one of the better pads this year, so you can feel pretty confident with um, a nice fair, if not just a Scotty deck, which is usually if you get a reasonable run on speed, you're going to be hard to get past. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, you know, not impossible to make ground, but those who settle in the first half of the field should be suited, and that's yep. exactly how Ascot should be. Mm -hmm. um, is it time to eat a little bit of humble pie with uh, Amelia's jewelry, no, Terry? Not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. All the King's men was caught deep, forced to the breeze, was the run of the race. Santorio sits deep, no cover, and Bustler carts it into the race, into the straight. I would have won with the same run, so. <laughs> nah, she went pretty well. <laughs> she went pretty well, but I, I genuinely do believe she was gifted the race still. Like, and it was always, the moment I put that tweet up, it was always going to happen. Like, basically, yeah, I, I made that happen with that tweet. Like, it was a, yeah, it became a certainty the moment I well, said that. But, um, no, she look, she won. She won well. But do you believe she was the best runner of the race, honestly? All the King's men, like, that was just so cruel. I felt for Huck alive. That was just so cruel not to settle and have to work around them in the breeze. No, had no right to be beaten a length but or But part of the horse's ability is to settle and mm. Amelia's yeah. jewel can settle and all the King's men can't. So that's a... That's a skill in itself. Deep. It was Bloody a funny old race. Wasn't it? The, sta the stable there, they're giving mates, it the card um, up, which was always likely. The stable mates demolished, and Snowdome sort of shared the lead, but put, threw the anchor out early, and all that really did was impact Bustler. To exactly me. right. So, they cooked each other. Um, so so everything went right. She won by a half length at a dollar ninety. That's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah she's gone. Opinion. I reckon she's she had another gear. Like, yeah. Hey? She, went she had another gear there. Mm, I'll find out. I'm, I'm in the middle of your opinion and Twitter's opinion. I think Twitter. <laughs> Simon, Simon's opinion. Yeah, Twitter. I don't yeah. think she's like someone, uh, Gareth. I'm going to this quote. She's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Gareth, what he was about to On, on Saturday, like Gareth <laughs> tried to compare her to Arcadia Queen. And well, I, like I said, your she kid. doesn't tie Arcadia Queen's bootlace at the moment. But I also think she's better than what you think. 
she's I just think she's not well under the price. I can't remember the last horse to win a Karakata and a Guineas. Who was the last horse to start favourite in a Guineas after winning a Karakata? Dig deep. Was dig deep. Damien Damien Oliver on board that day, and we got to try again. If she was where dig deep was that day, she wouldn't have won the guineas. And if dig deep was where dig deep would have won the guineas, that's not even that's not even. You got to take your hat off to Paddy Carberry. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Like this is not a this isn't really a knock on anyone. Really, it's just that I just think she starts under the odds. Um, But Paddy Carberry, I said to Crip before we started, every time he puts those silks on, uh, whether it's Miss Kentucky or um, Amelia's Jewel, it's. it's just, it's just wildly it's incredible. Yeah, it's wildly yeah. incredible. I think part of what I say as well is, oh, this might come. This won't. I haven't really said this before. This might not come across very well, which wouldn't be the first time. With some, we hear about how a lot of horses are weapons, and they're they're going to be the great. So many of them don't go on and do like it's a radar. It was anything, wasn't it? Mm. Like, it's just a just a horse. Like they I think you just get you get a bit sick of that to some degree. Maybe I do, and you just think, oh, another weapon, another weapon. They're all weapons. They're not, they're not all weapons. She's a weapon. Um, She's all right. I'd have a share in her if I was offered for cheap, though. Like, yeah, it's like ten percent for ten grand or something. I'd consider. So, it so, so, involved, so, how do you? Okay, so how do you think she'll go on the door? I am. You're just trying to get to that. I am trying to get some. I am joking. He's not. She's one of guineas. She's she's a good horse. Um, Northerling. I'm not sure. Tricks of the Trade won a railway stakes, and obviously that's the main race going into it. Comfort Me sat three deep the trip, again, which probably wasn't the worst spot to be. Resort Man's carried top weight around fourth, so the, the quality of the railway stakes will be questioned in time, I think you'll find. So that's the main- Well, main I think it's been questioned already. I think these are- um, So Dan, she has to be- uh, Dan O'Sullivan's said it was the, the lowest rating railway for oh, okay. some time, I think. I, yeah, I was I actually just on my computer now trying yeah. to get his- Tweeting, yeah, if you could grab up. That. Yeah, grab his um, tweeting up. He actually did, Amelia's Jewel came up in his top five performances of the day, 98.8, which she'd probably need to improve she gets another length to be really competitive. Normally those group one weight for age races are around the, well, the yeah. winter bottom is about 100, 101. So she's pretty close. Yeah, okay. She drops yeah. to 50 kilos. Yeah, well. exactly. That, that's, that's, that's the thing. So what, I'm, what I was saying with looking at that versus that, and then you've only got sort of a talking Cascadian is only, the only added one. Um, the fact that weight for age conditions are going to suit her more than tricks of trade and then the likes pushing on. Um, definitely not going to knock her for the Northerly. No, I'm, uh, I highly doubt I'll be taking the 250 or whatever she is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't think I'll be knocking her in a race, which to me may be just as suitable. But I also, I think it's great for, um, and I'm a little disappointed to be honest, at all the King's men's racing this week I, and St. Tory. I don't know if they're going to qualify or, or not sure they where they are. Not sure the they've got runs. Yeah. So time. Bustler's obviously looking at it, I'd suggest. Um, but you'd, you'd like to think that, yeah, if you're a three-year-old and you're a chance of getting a run, you want to push on because there wasn't much, in my opinion, between those top four considering the runs they had. Yeah, and, and speaking of great rides and great runs and everything falling into place, Tricks of the Trade, um, Troy Turner just made that decision at the 1,200 to get onto uh, Comfort Me's back and then it was uh, game over from there, wasn't it? Yeah, 100% it was. If He, yeah. made, he was just brave, wasn't he? In that, in he that was, moment, yeah, yeah. Like it was a great story. Um, the scenes were, were actually, um, yeah, they were amazing scenes post-race. But, I mean, yeah, from a, from a racing point of view, if, if Treasured Star ends up um, drawing a gate and lands on the back, he watched the way it went, I reckon it probably would have been pretty hard to beat. But, well, last um, of the line was big. Yeah. Last of the line went huge. Resort, man. 
probably the run of the race on that cold fence. I think we underrate how bad that fence is and for horses to pick up and sprint on it like that. So mm. start, resort start draws, was a bit stiff. Put probably. resort man on the back, come for me, it probably wins mm. too, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, full credit to, to Troy. Got in the best part of the track, followed a horse that took him into the race and, um, yeah, start trade gets <laughs> on the back of it, it probably wins. Um, but, yeah. One, one, one and one well and great old salute too. It was a good one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, very good. Don't know if Troy's been a big saluter in the past, to be honest. So no. It's good to say. Would, yeah. would have meant a lot, as you said, um, being part of that yard for as long as he has been. Those, those relationships are incredible. So mm. so Troy was apprenticed to Colin Webster and so was Peter Nucky and so was a whole host of champion apprentices and champion jockeys. Michael Lane was apprenticed to Colin Webster as well. So, but Troy still goes there he, he never misses a morning of track work, and Peter, they're there every morning, ride their horses for their old boss, and then just the years tick over, years tick over, and then all of a sudden they they win a railway together. Like, it's just, yeah, it's it great stuff. Similar. Similar. Great stuff. Did Paddy Carr bring in Alan Matthews? Yeah, yeah. The Poonamu? Yep. Yeah, they're they're, they're tr tremendous, you know, long-term partners mm -hmm. in crime, you know. So, um, yeah, so it's great. I mean, it Maybe even a Steve Wolf, <laughs> Sean McGrady, great one this Sunday. Jeez. But, uh, how yeah. was your uh, how was your heart when the barrier draw? Oh, oh it was, was heartbreaking for a horse with technical speed. How bad! But how that was, bad uh, was that? that was drawn by my good mate Keith Watson Jr. Oh no! And he uh, he uh, yeah he was um, devastated. He was yeah distraught. He obviously, he obviously he thought the rail. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he obviously thought the rail was going to be at the Ah, <laughs> oh, I didn't actually know. I was like, it's an odd reference, but now I do. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. But uh, he obviously thought the rail was going to be the true pad and thought, I'll try and get a, mm. as wide a gate as possible. <laughs> get away from that bloody fence. So, yeah, stiff. They've moved it to three metres, Keith. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, as I said, uh, you know, the, the storylines have been tremendous. The Pinnacles is rolling on. We've got day three this Saturday. One of the major players for the winter bottom stakes is Mitchell Pateman and this will test you and we uh, we better get Mitchie on and have a chat to see how the mighty mare is heading into the big group one. All right, absolute pleasure to welcome back to the one one Mitchell Pateman. He's all set to saddle up. This will test you in the group one. $1.5 million winter bottom stakes this Saturday. Mitchell, how are the nerves? Uh, yeah, good morning, boys. Not, no, not too bad. Uh, we're still a couple of days out, I suppose. That'll be tomorrow night and uh, Saturday that the nerves will start to kick in. But, yeah, no, I'm pretty happy with her. So as long as everything's smooth sailing with her, I'm generally all right. Pretty big honour for the podcast to have you on, mate. Channel 10, uh, Channel 10 own Mitchell, Mitchell Pateman on the, uh, media on the street, show. Media, media Street. Media Mitchell. Street this week. I'll tell you what, <laughs> always need to hire someone to uh, to take all the interviews for you. But, uh, geez, it's all it's all worth it. It's all worth it when um, when we get uh, someone takes a photo of it, the 100 and those those neck veins. Have you seen the photos, Crip, of, mm. uh, of Mitchell? Have you seen them on a bigger, like, neck veins? <laughs> just roaring at <laughs> like, home. It's just incredible. Yeah. Like, you can see the you can see the words coming out, even though it's obviously a photo and that's not a possibility. <laughs> so, dearie me, Mitchell, just uh, how much? Will, will you be a chance of pissing yourself at the 100 if you get to the front? <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'll do if you get to the front of the 100. Now, I'm not sure. There might be a front flip off that front balcony, <laughs> but... Uh, no, nah, no, nah, it'd be something else, but um, no, nah, she obviously is a very exciting horse, and yeah, you sort of never expect to get a horse of her ability that can race in the races she has so early on in my career. So, yeah, no, nah, gotta gotta enjoy it all because you don't know when the next one's going to come along. Is it true that you messaged um, Adam Durant the other day and said, um, "Why couldn't you do this with her?" 
<laughs> oh, no, no, I don't think I'd ever do that. No, stick at him and hang me if I'd say that. But, no, nah, I've obviously done a very good job with her early days and, you know, her probably more so her um, uh, brain or lack of was what, you know, stopped her from doing what she's done now. So Two pieces um, of pod, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh and her, yeah. No, they, um, <laughs> yeah they get along well then too, so... Yeah, lucky I'm there to keep him grounded. <laughs> Speaking of Josh, how did he uh, draw the short straw to do the barrier draw? Oh, well, he wanted to do it initially, and I said, yeah, no worries. It's the last thing I want to do. So I uh, said, you can do it. And that way, if you draw a bad one, I've got someone to blame. And if you draw a good one, well, you've just done your job. So no, it worked out well. well yeah, what did you think of when when uh, when he produced nine? Yeah, no, that was pretty good. Pretty happy with that. She sort of probably... Uh, wants a little bit of room, but you obviously didn't want to be drawn out in the river either. So, yeah, it's sort of jump from eight. That's pretty well perfect for her. And uh, a fair bit of speed out wide and a bit of speed underneath generally will mean something should get caught three wide. And hopefully she's on the back of the best one. Isn't the chance of a forward line? Mm, I, reckon. I it think looks, so. uh, Yeah, it looks looks like a wild old, old map. And I think the thing, I mean, it's funny drawing barrier nine and thinking you might even have a horse outside you. The yeah. way I've sort of got a map, there's a chance you get one off rather than three wide. And uh, and I would have thought with a horse like this will test you in the past, you'd be like, oh, geez, that's no good. We don't want to be underneath runners. But you go back to her win when she beat kissing all four cheeks in the Cyril Flower last campaign and she was leaders back. Yeah, she was box feeding. Yeah. So that's sort of, um, I don't know why it's called the box header. Because I don't reckon it's the exactly death seat, hundred percent the death seat. She was death seating that day, and um, she settled well, got out, sprinted well. Um, so that must give you just a, just sort of another another way she can win. She doesn't have to be on the outside of runners only and getting into clear air on straightening. She can actually come between runners if, if need be. Yeah, yeah, I think she's pretty foolproof now. But sort of one thing with Lucy, she's very good at sort of um, not breaking horses' momentum and letting them flow into races it's probably Lucy's best asset so uh, I'm sure she'll have it work I'm sure she'll have it worked out where she's um, able to move at the right time and it's probably why she suits that horse so well because she does sort of need that uninterrupted you know flow into it so um, yeah no I'll leave that to Lucy and you know, I'm sure she'll get the job done she's always ridden very well in big races so in that wrap to have her on her so, so the jockey in you Mitch you've no doubt you've played the race out a few times since the since the barrier draw, um, what are you what are you zeroing in on as your I guess your main three opposition? Um, yeah, probably you know Roth Fires. Um, he's the horse that's proven at Group One level. He's won a Group One and been very competitive in Group Ones, and he's drawn a very good barrier. So he's probably the horse to beat along with. Um, I still think if Miss Kentucky gets the right run, then you know, she's going to be flashing late. And um, Valana's probably the horse on the way up. But you know, to me, he sort of looked, Valana looks better suited over a touch further than the 1200. And, um, you know, reading between the lines, they sort of sounded like they were more keen to head to the gold rush than the winter bottom. So, um, yeah, then that's obviously 14. So that's probably... Um, is the case and you know he wouldn't discount Elite Street if he got back to his best he's a proper group one off so um, yeah them four probably the four to beat in my opinion 
BJ, you're older than all of us. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mitch, just a question for BJ. Is, is this the best winter bottom you've seen depth-wise? Obviously, we had the Apache Cat takeover target, Marasco. Mm. Smaller field, great little match race or three-way match race between those three. Is, it, is this the best field you've seen just about? Oh, just off the top of my head, it just it feels like it feels like there's more winning chances than ever in a winter bottom. Like what you said, that you had the top end talent of your um, Mar- your Marasco Apache Cat takeover target race, and you had Buffering, who was a he won Group Ones around the world. So there, there's always there's been the, the top end, but in terms of depth and and winning chances, and I suppose from a betting point of view as well, the the uh, yeah, there's this is this is. This has grown into quite a quite an quite an excellent edition of the winter bottom, and our locals. There's a lot of depth in the locals as well. So, um, and you could see that with the Crawford was a full field. I think the um, the the Prince of Wales and the Colonel Reeve Stakes. So we've got a collection of um, I guess A A grade sprinters, and then throw into the mix the the East Coasters, and you you've got yourself a hell of a race on Saturday. So yeah, um, Mitchell. What what a story! I know you, you've covered this at at length. The this will test your story, but you you picked her out as a yearling, yeah, 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 yeah. We sort of um, gooped her, and uh, a lot of my mates in Albany and uh, my uncle Greg, and yeah, they all sort of said that if me and Mum went to the sales and found a horse that um, you know they'd buy it for Mum to train, and at that stage I was doing a fair bit of the training with Mum, so. Um, yeah, they were, were underbitter on oh, Kiss the Breeze and then were underbitter on a horse called Dua Pataki and thank God we were underbitter on both of them because we ended up with this test yesterday. Um, yeah, no, it worked out well and, yeah, we ended up with the right horse. Do you remember what attracted you to this filly at the time? Uh, when I sort of went there, I was, yeah, we sort of, I wanted at the time of East Coast Stallion, so Tessa Ross has sort of fitted that bill, but she was she was just a ball of muscle and um, she actually had a little bit of what they call tendonitis as a yearling and that pushed a lot of people away from her. Um, but um, John Williams, who's my vet, he said it will never cause her never cause her an issue and mum said she'd had a horse with it as well and that never caused it an issue. So um yeah, we went for it, and that's probably why we got her a bit cheaper in the end. And yeah, touch wood, she's never had a leg issue. So um, yeah, no, it all ended up um, well. And yeah, she's matured into one of the nicest horses you'll see. She's a ball of muscle. She looks like a stallion, not a mare. So um, yeah, she's a very nice horse. Yeah, <clears throat> I caught a glimpse of her after her last start when um, in the mounting yard post race, and you've got her looking amazing, which was a credit to you and you and your staff. But with with this will test you. How long into you and your mum training her was it before you had to abandon ship and uh, and uh, handball her on to Adam Durant? Yeah, well, she got broken in and um, she come back to Albany and we done a little bit of work with her. Um, we probably done three or four weeks. Well, no, we must have done more. We must have done about six or eight weeks, and I give her a gallop um, her first prep, and she flew from the get go. First ever gallop I give her, she was. Yeah, something else, but uh, then she actually she just come into season for the first time and just yeah never regained consciousness after that. She <laughs> wanted to kill it, wanted to kill everyone, everything. Couldn't get her on a float, couldn't get her in a set of barriers. Tried everything we had horse whisperers try and fix her. We had 
all sorts of, you know, she went on every hormone thing that she could go on and yeah, just nothing worked. So um, it was becoming a nightmare because, you know, if I'd never galloped her, I wouldn't have known how good she was. I probably wouldn't have worried so much, but I knew how much ability she had and we just couldn't sort of sort her out. So that's when she went to Adams and, yeah, she was obviously still a bit of a nut job when she was at Adams, but, yeah, she got to the races in one piece a few times and showed how good she was. She did. Has she ever hurt you, this horse? Uh, oh, she's bit me and kicked me and, yeah, she, <laughs> she still tries to bite us every single morning, night that we try and rug her. She's, you know, Channel 10 come yesterday and uh, so did Julio Santarelli and Tab Touch a couple of weeks ago and I said just, Stay well, well away because I'm not paying. I'm not paying the insurance if she gets older. It's not pretty. So no, she's still. You know, she is a mare. She's a very merry mare. But um, in the aspect of the like, when she'd go in a confined space of a float or a, um, you know, a crush or anything like that, she would just yeah do everything she could to pretty much hurt herself. She doesn't do that as much anymore. It's more just the. Uh, yeah, you got to watch the front end and the back end because you don't know which one's coming first. What what a ride though it's been with this with this mare burst onto the scene. Terry wanted to buy a share in her. Uh, she was in the market for the Everest. Um, you even what you won a race on her back in back in August 2020. Sort of never really recaptured that early promise with with Durant. Goes to you. Gets beaten down the straight in a Pinjara Class 5. <laughs> bit like Travis Bogue, isn't she? It's wild. Like, she was gone. Like, she was going to be anything. She had a reasonable career. Yeah. And then you thought, oh, it's just going to peter out. Nothing much is going to happen. And, yeah, Travis Bogue just came from nowhere and he's all Australian again. Yeah, it's it's quite Surprise incredible. Surprised that comparison doesn't come up. <laughs> it's, it's quite incredible, Mitch, really. And, I mean, you've gone from getting beaten in a straight Class 5 at Pinjara to winning a Cyril Flower, um, then the wheels fell off again in the Marjorie Charleston. So you would have been scratching your head after she's been beaten 11 lengths there. Comes back, Crawford, Prince of Wales, wins the Colonel Reeves, and all of a sudden you're a live chance in a winner bottom. It's, it's fairy tale stuff. Yeah, you know, it's probably come as a surprise in some aspects. But, um, you know, you're not surprised that she has got to the level in the sense that she's always had the ability. They just don't do what she did at her first two starts. Like, I'll never, ever forget um, her second start in a race on Kingston Town Day when she just put lengths upon lengths on them in a graduation at her second start. You know, they just don't do that. I haven't seen one do it since, and, you know, it just never happens, so... The ability's always been there. There's just been, you know, there's the mental issues that haven't helped. And then, you know, there's been other issues along the way as well. She's had a wind up very early in her career. And um, Marjorie Charleston Day, I'm sort of, in hindsight, very glad that happened because I learned a lot out of that. And I learned exactly what um, a few of her other issues that I didn't really realise were there. I just thought she was flying at the time. And uh, when she went awful and, um, the vet went over her. We found a few issues that I didn't know were, were there and um, I've been able to treat them from the get-go this prep and I think that's why we've got so much consistency and, um, you know, you haven't seen that up and down that she used to do is because we're on top of everything that we need to be and nothing's hurting her and nothing's wrong and she's just a lot happier horse now. Mitchell, can I can I just draw you into some comparisons here with uh, this will test you 
and Mitchell Pateman and a horse by the name of Willoughby and Michael Pateman, your dad, right? <laughs> so I remember Willoughby as a young fella and he was he was also, from memory, a bit of a handful as well. Um, and he was, I reckon he, he, he was, your dad got hold of him within his first year or two of training, similar to you with uh, this will test you. And Willoughby didn't fulfill his potential until he was he after he turned seven as well. And then he went on a tear and he won he won a Lestia, a railway, Scahill, went to Melbourne and won a Chester Manifold and blame his stakes. So the um, I guess the the similarities there is uh, is quite striking in in that you've found this mare into her seven year old season, your first season of training, similar to your father did with with Willoughby back when he finished riding and, and took over training as well. Yeah, mum sort of has mentioned that it's you know, very similar. And well, she said to me actually after she won the Colonel Reeves that uh, she reminds that this will test you, reminds her a lot of Willoughby in the sense that she's just got better with age and maturity. And um, yeah, so yeah, no, it's, mum did say that the other day. And, you know, it's obviously sounds very similar. And um, yeah, it was only uh, at the barrier draw the other day that mum messaged me as soon as the barrier came out and said when Willoughby won the railway, drew barrier nine at the barrier draw and the emergency come out and he jumped from eight. So um, there's a little bit of synergy there and hopefully it's the same result. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, incredible stories that we've had in the pinnacles thus far, Terry. And last, um, last Saturday with the, the Turner family and the Websters. I mean, Colin Webster's been training for six decades now. Um, but also the, you know, with, with everything that's happening with Mitchell and this horse, Mitchell's from a, a, um, a family with a long history in the game. The, it feels like the, the W Racing has really been opened up this season or this year in particular. And the stories that are coming out of it are, are quite remarkable. It feels like everyone's everyone's got a chance to to play um, at the pointy end of the year. Yeah, well, I suppose. So, um, Bob took a lot of his good horses east, and they haven't come back for the carnival. So uh, it opens it up for everyone else, and uh, makes life easier for everyone else. You know, when you don't have the Western Empires and Graceful Girls and them horses here, it makes it easier for everyone else's horses to win a race, I suppose. And now that I've said that, no doubt stage man will get up and roll down the line. But, um, yeah, I suppose that just, you know, Bob's very hard to beat when he's got his best horses here. And I suppose the absence of them, yeah, made it a lot easier for everyone else. So it'd be nice if Bob kept taking a meet every year. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Mitchell, uh, from everyone here at the 1-1, best of luck to you, the family. This will test you. Lucy Warwick on uh, on Saturday in the, in the big one, the winner bottom stakes. And um, just, just a question, if, if you do run well on Saturday, will you consider the gold rush in two weeks or, or not? Yeah, definitely. It's strongly on the agenda. We've sort of wanted to try her at 14 um, for a long time now, but she's starting to settle a lot better, so... Yeah, if she settles well Saturday and runs well, then, um, yeah, $1.5 million, you're going to probably have a throw at the stumps. So, um, yeah, if she runs well, then she'll probably line up in the 1400. Wow, what a story. This will test your story. Um, thanks for sharing it again with us, Mitchell, and uh, once again, best of luck on Saturday. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mitch. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Winterbottom Stakes Day. BJ Ryan, Terry Layton, and Daniel Cripps teaming up to record episode 151 of the 1 1. This is your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's uh, just before 12 noon on Thursday, the 24th 
of November. We've got a Northern meeting this afternoon, Mount Barker tomorrow, that's Friday. Then we've got Ascot, Winterbottom Stakes Day, Saturday, and we finish up the weekend with Batavia Sprint, Geraldton, this Sunday. Terry. Yes, BJ, and don't forget, stay tuned for info on how you can enter the market. City Meets, Get Out Stakes uh, competition. Uh, don't forget, we have uh, Lukey Knight taking on Jockey and well, what competition did he win? Yeah. Trainers versus Jockeys German. Mastermind. German. Yes, Jordan Turner um, in this week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Is it too soon to be talking Get Out Stakes, Gripper? It's bullshit. <laughs> Oh, you got robbed, didn't you? Twice in a row. Twice Two weeks in a row, row he's been beaten in a photo. Oh, dear. Deary me. Millimetres. And some pork left on the table, isn't it, <laughs> mate? You don't want to be leaving the pork on the table. Uh, what about the wonderful world of Betfair? That's betfair.com.au, Terry. What's happening? Is your preview up? No, nah, no, I haven't even written it this week. No, I've been getting it on Wednesday nights, but uh, your manifesto. Oh, yeah. Where's your Where's your winter bottom manifesto? Too busy getting into a little bit of the World Cup. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I decided no preview, no winter bottom feature preview um, this week. Saying as I reckon you're far better off listening to other people who might actually know who half the horses <laughs> are, and uh, none of those are probably us three actually. So I've actually got a bit of a guest. Helping us out with the winter bottom this week. I haven't actually told you this, Crip. Um, we're going to get Tommy Haylock on the phone while we do the winter bottom preview just for five minutes, um, just to give us a bit of insight into the fire through all the Raiders. Yeah, exactly right. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, Tommy Haylock will join us just for uh, one race of the preview. Learning on the job for us. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, very good. <clears throat> all right. Well, let's get moving on this preview. And, uh, yeah, before we do, it's time. For the Ascot Track Report, brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design. Whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Rail, three-metre position. Uh, we've got 23 degrees, mostly sunny, uh, light winds during the day. Um, with that rain leading into last Saturday, they're predicting maybe a tiny bit of rain on Friday, but insignificant considering the amount of irrigation that would need to, that would normally go on anyway. Expecting a good four. Thoughts, Terry Gripper? Yeah, I'm just very happy allowing for a good deck, a uh, good fair deck at the three-metre pad. I think if you want to watch a race from last time was at the three-metre pad to get a good indication, it's the day big screen, the race where big screen led and won, but playing Marika made a really good ground down the outside. Um, so I think if a horse is going well enough, you can, you can make the ground, but there's definitely nothing wrong with the um, the inside and being forward. So I, I feel like I've got more trust at the three-metre position, Crip. Yeah, for sure. Um, I reckon the sea breeze definitely picks up throughout the afternoon, so – could be your typical Ascot track, smaller fields early, want to be on speed, and as the day progresses and, and the bigger fields and stronger tempo affairs, it could uh, even up, and I reckon horses might be being able to make ground from worse than midfield by the winter bottom. Yep. All right, race one is the Amelia Park Handicap. Rating 78 plus over the 1,200 metres. Just the eight runners here, but, uh, yeah, plenty of um, plenty of talent engaged. We've got the three-year-old Rev It Up taking on the older horses coming through a Placid Arc Stakes. River Rubicon, a really nice Steve Wolf trained horse, resuming featherweight, 35 days between runs. And how can we uh, – Titan Blinders, of course, who's racing well in better company, but how can we forget the champ? Dig deep, saddlecloth number three. J-Dub, Terry? Yeah, it looks his race, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, looks, looks, a pretty, looks a pretty good setup for the champions. So, um, tell you what, this is—it's funny. It's only a little eight-horse field, but this is um, knowing we had DC coming on the um, 
the podcast today was the race I was most interested in talking to him about because the data um, for this race I, I found fascinating when having a look and it basically was totally against what I thought but I really respect the data for small sprint fields that's something I've it's a sort of a something I've sort of changed in my punting I don't really back them so much I'm just don't back ones I may have liked and I, I thought I'd have rev it up really quite short here it's been 380 into 260, so mm. there's been really good money strong around money. it. But yeah. Rev it up wasn't a strong figure horse, and that's why I was looking forward to talking to Crip about this and which way he was going. Yeah, I reckon I'm quite confident we can kick off the day with a winner or at least have a bet, which is just um, one I look at and go, well, I don't really care how it runs, but it's an almost an auto bet for me, and that is River Rubicon, the eight. Just ticks all the boxes for mine, as you've touched on, Terry. He's got a real – clear ratings edge on the rest of his field rest of the field um maps well i like i like what i saw in the trial he goes well fresh 1200 meters is no issue so yeah look i've marked him a fair bit shorter than the three dollars 80 on offer and look to keep it simple i'll be um i'll be playing race one excited aren't you hmm. Yeah, he had a bit of a spring in his step when he walked in today and I saw the Rev It Up money. I thought, oh, I don't think that's his looking at the data, but uh, yeah, it's, it's quite incredible, isn't does it? Does Rev It Up lead? Well, that's charge that's, lead. Charge is, is a slow beginner, but really musters up. I, I think Willie should be smart and, and try to get a cross charge, but I reckon, I was saying this to Chris before, with Titan Blinders in the race, mm -hmm. that'll probably be the number one seed for Chris and Michael. I reckon they'll be pretty keen to hold out Rev It Up and... Um, and charge to charge to the front, yeah. um, but it's a 50-50. Charge misses it bad enough, Rabbit Up gets the rail, and yeah, it is hard to run. Down. We did touch off touch on this off air. It's interesting placement by the Gam Jimmy Camp. Charge was in a race which looked quite suitable yesterday. Scratches from that to come here in a as, race a, that as looks a seventy-one radar and a seventy-one exactly yeah. um, helping out the stable mate. <laughs> Bit of team tactics, so I'm happy that Charge is in the race, so the speed should be good. Think, yep. yeah, River Rubicon might get one out, one back, or one out, two back. And yep. BJ, the most important thing, I'm hoping you're going to give it a bit of a push. <laughs> oh, I, I've always, always loved this horse, River Rubicon. He's been very sparingly raced and um, sort of kicked loved a little bit by Steve, but um, uh, even that race, even his first up run last prayer, he just had no luck in that. 1200 meter race at Belmont won by Macanto. He showed what he could do when he bounced back second up. Um, Steve put him away to, to he, he kind of thought he, River Rubicon could develop into a black type horse this time around. And he was actually nominated for the gold rush, I believe, but just ran out of time to get him um, ready and get him up through the ratings. So strong, obviously that signals a strong opinion of the horse. Um, gave him a soft trial in that Red Cam Man 4th of uh, November trial. Um, that was more just to get uh, blow the cobwebs out. Trained on nicely since. And um, as we saw with what Steve and Sean were able to do with beads last week, I think River Rubicon will be cherry ripe to produce first up. The other good thing I like about him is that in his career to date, he's a horse who has generally been hard in the market and He's normally a horse that, which actually goes around under my price, probably because he's got the good figures. And one run in particular back in March, he was in a 72 plus and he started even money basically from barrier seven. It looks sticky. And I just remember while he didn't win that day, it was such a big run. He had mm, huge, jumped yeah. well, but had to be restrained back to last and ended up finishing fourth. And the horses that beat him were two were in particular express time which ran third in the listed race last week and star who's won a heap of races since then 
Yeah, he just wasn't, well anyway, he just wasn't so, suited on the day, yeah. but he still managed to overcome that and be beaten a length and a half. And more just about his starting price profile. I'll yep. be, yeah, I'm pretty confident that he will start favouring in this despite the early support for Pikey. Yeah, that's that's a good push. That's a very good push. So, and yeah, and just a reminder to our listeners that the top weight Titan Blinders is, is of course the first emergency in the winter bottom. So, um, this race, oh, could, you probably don't want to see one come out, do you, Chris? This this, be a, this may change if by if by any chance. What is it? Oh, it's six fifty. No, that's all right. I had it yeah. about that. So it's yeah. Not yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's okay. That's okay. So, yeah, yeah just keep an eye on scratchings in in uh, leading into eight a.m. Saturday morning punches. But yeah, Titan Blinders is the winter bottom E one. If it doesn't get a start, he'll be going around in this. Very good. Race two. Sorry, Cherry, did you have anything to No, add? no, I reckon you two are the ones to listen to. I, I, I'd be tipping Rev it up, but um, after seeing the figures, uh, it, it's it's hard to get excited about it. If you do like Rev it up, though, I'd suggest holding fire from the 260 at the moment. Okay. Race two is the Crown Metropole Handicap, a rating 66 plus 1,000 metres. This is a very interesting race. Bit of merit, very smart horse, a uh, bit of a boom horse, really makes makes its return to racing for Lucy Warwick. Michael Campbell. Then we've got LK Fernie bringing three on. Rumour says back from a placid arc into rating 66 plus company. Hardly ever and Tad Weir were talented three-year-olds who raced well at Belmont towards the end of last season and Chicks picked on the quick backup after just miss failing to catch beads last Saturday. So not a little, not a bad little ratings race is. No, it is a good one. I, I race one and race two were, were probably two races. I When I was doing my markers or trying to, I just like it was just in a different language mm. to me. Like I didn't really know what I was doing and I felt uh, I, I liked the the back end of the card, but these two I was a bit confused. Bit of merit. I think there's a bit of she's not that good <laughs> merit, to be honest with you. I I uh, I reckon she was gifted that first up win last uh prep when the four leaders all stopped dead. Um when he he sorry. Yeah. The pink silks, I got it. Anyway, uh, when he um uh, beat State of Power, who made that form look reasonable with a pretty good prep. Um, yeah, then went uh, a missed second up. Recent trial was good, but look, doesn't look like uh, he can get out the gates and um, and he's lost that ability to, to utilise any gate speeds. Over a 1,000 could be in a bit of traffic mm. at Ascot. And, from the three? Um, from three, I definitely think he can win. I've marked him um, an equal favourite with rumour says and hardly ever, but to be honest, I, I didn't really have much, if any, confidence in this one, Crip. Yeah, I'm, I do like Bit of merit as a type. Um, really, really liked his recent trial, but I've sort of got him three dollars forty. So I was like three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, I'm just worried about him stepping slow. All of a sudden, he's you know he might be one off the fence, but four back. He's, there's a three wide line, so it could get a little bit sticky for Lucy and not the type of horse I'd want to be taking two seventy about from that map. I've, um, I don't know if I want to play this, but there's one that's come up big overs in my market. It's uh, Machu. Gee, it was a good win the other day. I thought Terry. Let's, let's Terry. go with the pronunciation first here, actually. What are we? Um, are we going to go Moishwa? Moishu? I was watching replays last night. I'm pretty sure Darren called it Machu. It could be, Machu. Could be wrong. Well, the chew looks like Jimmy, the brand Jimmy Chu. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Moi. 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 Moi Chu. Anyway. So I, I just thought uh, Darren might know more than me. So I went, can I, I guess one of the reasons you don't mind this? Do you reckon Olga Louise is going to lay off and create some gaps? That was one of the reasons. I'm not sure if he will be able to hold the box seat. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, if he's three back the fence, it sort of does become the box seat when Olga does lay off. But 
the reason I thought you might like this, Terry, because I know you've got such a big fixation at the moment on horses who make ground at Northern. I thought that day was okay to make ground. Okay. That that particular day was better than <laughs> the others. I love Terry's zags. Eh? <laughs> I thought that particular day was better than the others. And and I really like that. I give it, I definitely give it a chance. I'm about 10 bucks. So I definitely give it a chance. It's, it's 12 where I'm looking at the moment. Um it just beat the thing is it beat the second horse that day was cosmopolitan girl who took a sit and it's one trick has been less i really mm. think that forms but on the flip side sock a really hard horse to catch when she gets her own way out in front which she did and he went straight past her like yeah she's she not dead as well, well. We, do, we don't know that but cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan girl has been girl. had running well as she'd been going good too so yeah. two horses that had sort of been in form or talented on their day and Smacked BJ, him. I know Smacked him. You're the more of a sectionals guru than me, but I noticed that because I and this is after I was I sort of found him. I've got him six twenty, so mm. uh, oh, some okay. slight overs. But yeah. I went to see if he'd run the fastest last two hundred of the day or anything like that, and I noticed that it wasn't close. But he actually ran the fastest four to two by a fair way, and yep. then he might have peaked on his run. So long first up off a long layoff. Mm-hmm. Brad, Brad tr- sort of set him a lot though um from the 800 yeah. so you had to sustain that that 800 burst um which shows up in the figures fastest last 800 600 third last is 400 and the eighth fastest yeah. last 200 of the day so it was sustained speed and he as you said he sort of charted a, a course a, around the field so it was plenty of merit in that. pretty impressive wasn't and, it? and actually if you go back through his east coast form it's pretty good so and the trial before that he put the writing on the wall too he mm. won it in really slick time on the day i think he nearly broke 54 seconds so look not confident haven't had a cent on yet but um yeah for the sake of a tip i'm gonna go marshu each way well there's knocks on all the favorites so it's probably a good race to find some value isn't it or there's there's queries on all the favorites i yeah. should say you know rumor says it's coming off that placid arc run bit of merit we think it's going to probably find um well, quite a few in front of it hardly ever has the shades go back on i thought that was an interesting uh gear adjustment the thing with hardly ever that could work in its favor is the fact it's drawn off and if there is traffic issues on that fence um with he's gold swim three comes across critical altitude etc etc and those drawn well aren't suited being off the fence might be suitable in yep. a race like this so um yeah i think it's a good race probably look for some value might get me for a little bit, but yeah, not a lot of confidence. Um, the other one, Tad Weir was Tad Weir was one that the, I liked, the yeah. fit, fifth in my mark, and I sort of had everything else below him over twenty to one. So I thought the winner would. You like Brad's price for Tad Weir? <laughs> Where'd he go up? Twenty one. Did he? Yeah. No, I didn't even see that. So no, I didn't see that either. Actually, uh, I, 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 I thought Tad Weir's two runs last prep were excellent. Really, um, but the Stipperucci form was strong. So. Um, Got through a barrier trial, did Tad Weir with Brad Parnham on board. I reckon he's set to run a ripper first up. Um, $10, probably right bang on my price. I see that he's firm to touch. But, um, yeah, that was sort of what I was looking at. I was sort of thinking that Tad Weir hardly ever fresh um, were, the, were the interesting runners in this. From, um, bringing that Stipperucci, that really strong three-rod form through to the new season. Uh, Rumor says, obviously, lots of talent, but it's coming – Coming back from Placid Arc, bit of an bit of an afterthought, bit of merit. Like Terry said, the the not beginning is a is a concern, especially from three in a in a thousand meter race at Ascot. So at yeah, that price, at that's that price, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Crip, I'm going to give you my phone. We're going the races together on Saturday at midday, and I don't want you to give it to me back to me after until after race two because <laughs> I don't want to bet the first two races. And I know that I'll be whinging to you. How am I this far down <laughs> after two races? I know my exact wording, so I'm going to give you my phone. Don't give it back to me for an hour, okay? 
All right. Uh, all right, so you're out. 100%. No, no deal? Yeah, no deal. No first, deal. First two, no, no, passcode first two, no deal. If Revit Up is a massive drifter in the first, I'll probably uh, have something on, um, which it sounds like it will be. Um, but yeah, give you a passcode. Give you a passcode. I'm going to bat the first two with this one. All right. Race three is... Interesting this race. Uh, here we go. Now we get serious. Yeah, yeah, interesting right. this race serious. is on so early in the card, actually. But it's race three. It's the $100,000 Tab Touch Regional Championship Final of the Road. To it's my favourite race every year, hey? Is I love it? it. Yeah. Do you usually uh, middle it, Terry? I don't reckon I've backed the winner for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I'm going to. So, yeah. did, reckon, did you back um, Pete Ferdy's horse in 2019? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, we did. Um, Pikey was on it. Um, the big horse. Oh, come he came on. back from Melbourne. Fixie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Fixie. He was there yeah. last Saturday. Got to catch up with Fixie. It'll come to us. I know the one. Yeah. He did. Ah, Moshard. Was it Moshard? I reckon it might have been. No, I don't think it was Moshard. I reckon it might have been a Moshard as it uh, came through the grades. We'll all just yeah, talk for a while anyway. Crip, Crip, you look it up. It's good content. Um, I'll look it up. So, yeah, we've got, so we've got the uh, the way that this, this series works is there's a heat at the in the Goldfields, Calgary. Which a few of these ran last in <laughs> There's a heat. There's just nothing else. There's a heat numbers. in the Great Southern at Albany. It was Mr. Genoa. Mr. Genoa. And there was a hall, there's a heat, uh, of course, in uh, the Crayfish Coast, Geraldine. So we've got the combination of the three of the um, three of the regions that Terry loves the most. We've got Goldfields meeting Crayfish Coast meeting oh, Great yeah. Southern. It's all happening. Uh, and the man who lines them up the best at this type of setup is the guru. Take it away. Don't like um, don't like Kalgoorlie anymore. <laughs> it's been sacked. <laughs> definitely, definitely don't mind the other two, but uh, yeah, no, it's been sacked. Um, Esperance? Moshard won the Belmont Sky Provincial Final in mid-2019. So I was halfway. Halfway, halfway right, yeah, halfway right. Um, yeah, interesting. So you, the first thing you want to probably look at is where's the the best area. You got to remember they've stopped racing at Kalgoorlie uh, twenty eight days ago, so they're all got a bit of a break between runs. Big long seasons for horses like Talk It Up and Love Junk Baby. They've got to have had five, ten, fifteen runs. Mm. Um, uh, so those type of runners. So bit of a, a bit of a query on there. But and uh, the other one, the other Kalgoorlie representative, Binchalar is out. Binchalar is out. Exactly right. Uh, Bolshoi Girl is racing. Sorry, there is a, another cow representative down at the bottom. Um, but no, I went back and sort of. I don't think there's a huge amount between the Albany, the Geraldton form. Um, even probably the Kalgoorlie form. In all fairness, it's all it's all fairly. Uh, it's all fairly in a line. If you look back at last year's race, which Kendall's me dad won, um, there were competitive runners from all jurisdictions. So not too perturbed in that sense. Um, the thing that got me here was how much speed's in this race. This looks like it's going to be wild. Global conflict uh, in four. Bolshoi girl's been going quick. World Ruler wants to lead every race. Uh, Binchelar's been scratched. Mr. Causeway, I think they'll take a sit. We love Drunk Baby. does its best racing forwards, not jumping. So just get your money and run. And then you've also got Sneaky Fox drawn out in third. They're all horses I want to race in the first two or three, ideally. So none of them really grab me. None of them excite me that much. So really happy to um, look at off-pace runners here and, and horses that will get a bit of a sit. And I marked um, I marked a horse by the name of Eliminate Favourite. You might remember Eliminate Crip from um, Billy, Billy Ray went around the dollar thirty on yep. debut mm -hmm. and yep. Eliminate came out, won, and there was talk straight away of it going to potentially being the you next know, the KC. Yeah, being the yeah. next KC. So um, – it came out the next prep, raced in three big races, the Champ Phillies, the Guineas, 
one other, maybe a Burgess Queen. Um, acquitted itself pretty well. Went ran fifth behind kissing all four cheeks and um, snicker doodle dandy. Um, came back the following prep and just wasn't the same horse, and they sold it straight away, which which was quite interesting after the the boom on it twelve months earlier. Uh, Johnny Reynolds took it over in Geraldton, and its wins in Jarrow were really dominant, like really really impressive wins. And I really like the fact that this horse had shown she's got a pretty high ceiling, and then to get it going really well in the country um, like that was quite exciting. You'll see she's been beaten three starts ago. That was one of the worst watches of all time. I'm having a bit of a <sighs> private Winston at the moment about uh, a run of seconds I'm going through a bit of bad luck I actually backed Pitt to win that day right watched and it won the race watched <laughs> the replay that is the luckiest win in my entire life like this eliminate should have won by 10 lengths it's incredible um, and then the Abrolis plate Paddy Carver they stepped up to 1400 and they rode its ears off to be on speed you didn't, you didn't like that I was not happy with it. I might have even tweeted BJ I, I was not happy with that ride it was just complete like just not understanding the horse you're on or the trainer not giving the right tack it was disgusting. Um, <laughs> first up, they've gone to the regional championship heat this time around. Uh, Molly never got clear air, never got stuck into it. The whip never got used once. It was, yeah, it's, it's worth having a look. She's been beaten um, three lengths, but I, I think you should have won. Run of the, yeah, yeah. It's a run of the race. Yeah, like, yeah. And I just think it's, she's got such a high ceiling. All the speeds on here. I love this horse. I've been waiting for the right setup in Geraldton. I'm going to get the right setup in town for $100,000 A. So um, the money came as soon as they went up yesterday with Tab Touch, 11s into 7.50. So somebody wanted to have a good go early. Um, but yeah, she's still six, seven bucks. She, I, I can't guess a price what she's going to be a jump. She could jump $14. She mm. could jump $4.20. Um, but I'm really keen to be on Eliminate. And I want to save on Coley, who's going super uh, in Albany. Pikey goes on, hasn't had any luck at its its first two runs. Is Coley unders though? Like, what, what price you got, Coley? Uh, I'm about four bucks, Coley. Okay. About, about four bucks a pair, to yeah, be honest with you. So the way this race is going to be run, though, I've given all of the on-speed horses massive knocks. That's the thing to remember. So I reckon if you're betting now, you probably just hold off on bet fair. But yep. it's back, eliminate, save Coley, and it's an easy race for me in that sense. Uh, I think I might have even backed this horse in last year's edition. Oh, I'm with you with Eliminate, by the way, mm -hmm. um, and and Coley. I, just, I had them sort of both a flat $5 leading the market. So Coley's at the four, three ninety. It's quite there for me. But I think I backed Significant Hero last year's edition As of this race. Um, I thought his run at Jolton was plenty of merit in that. So And do you know what they've done this year? So last year he had every chance, right? Yep. The thing they've done differently, it's the same hoop. Yep. The thing they've done differently is Significant Hero is a massively better horse first up, second up, and then 10 it's campaign Peters off yeah. they've come into this race second up last year they came into this race third, third up, up. Yeah. so yeah I can see that it was um, the next in my market purely on its racing pattern Barrier yeah. 14 is perfect for this horse just go back to last three wide line get into the race um, be no surprise to see it finish over him either but um, yeah I had the blinkers on when I did this form Cooper yeah eliminate for me too yeah. um, not because I've I didn't do a minute of form on this race, but Terry, your half an hour spiel was, um, about was <laughs> pretty inspiring, to be honest. I'm on board. Well, I, yeah. I want to run through a brick wall now <laughs> to go back eliminate the tap. Four <laughs> units, oh, so oh, nah, nice. I'd, To be honest, I'd be better off downloading the ratings and doing more for Bill Race 3 than this. Like It just is uh, written in Braille to me, so mm. no point. Yeah, you can exchange phones between- uh, Yeah, <laughs> I've found you the first two. Now you've given me the third, so we're three for three. Uh, How good. Uh, you beauty. All right, so yeah, always a great concept, the road to Ascot, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tremendous again for these regional uh, owners and trainers to be competing on a group one day for $100,000. Race four, the Drummond Golf, 1,400 meter 
72 plus. Another competitive lineup here. Um, one of the bookies' favorite horses, anyways, resuming the Velvet Queen. She is first up, gate three for Chris Parnham. Some horses that have been um, racing competitively recently in Creator, Big Butter Boom, Brooklyn Pier, Speed Dream coming out of a Peters. Um, interesting runner is Casino 17 for Team Williams and William Pike, first up in Western Australia. Cripper, did you get stuck into race four? Got stuck into race four, found it quite tough. Look, the Velvet Queen, got to respect her, but mm. just having a look now, she's had 11 starts and she started under $3 on 10 of them, which is mm. pretty crazy stuff. And I mean, she's won three, but she's only won one of her past eight. So uh, I've got a $5 equal favorite, or oh, sorry, $5 favorite, but yeah, like always, she will go around under my quote, can drift back in the run, which Makes her a slight risk, but I mean, would not surprise me whatsoever if she wins either. So I've got the favourite unders. So straight away, I look about, look around at what I can to get her beaten. Didn't come with at anything with much conviction at all. I mean, I had Brooklyn Pierce second favourite, who I think is absolutely flying. Yeah, how big was that last run? Hey? Last run, and then yeah. you go back and uh, you look at the horses uh, he's been running second to. I mean, you've got. Tricks of the trade, Carly's going. Oh, yeah. That's right. Got blouse by Tricks of the yeah, trade. Yeah, and ran third to Let's Gallivant. Um, Ginger got him one down. I think Ginger, Ginger Green, Green got yeah, him. That was, but when that he was on the one. Cold yeah. rail with the rail at True. So look up. That was Jones race. Yes, Jones part of the ninetieth. Yeah. So yeah, look, he uh, definitely deserves a spot in the market. But I've sort of marked him six dollars. So I think yeah, he's, yeah, four eighty. I mean, there's a few at odds. I think can run well. Double spice. Got my attention. Um, horses showed he can has the ability to win in town on a Saturday in the past. Thought two starts to go at Kalgoorlie. That was the day it was just impossible to make ground out wide, which he did. And then last start was deep the trip, gets the senior back on and big drop in weight. But I mean, look, I'm just r rattling off names for the sake of it now. I don't really have a strong <laughs> push. <laughs> Terry, is this the Creator Cup? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, you just mentioned um, how good Brooklyn Pier is going and it's been racing against uh, – it's been in coming out the same races as um, Creator. Brooklyn Pier's runs look aesthetically better because it gets back and flashes through, blah, blah, blah. But Creator's been super tough. Like that last ride from Brad Will, I think he got it wrong. Probably should have pushed on, just taken the breeze there. Mm -hmm. Ended up sitting deep uh, prior if it sat outside of – a horse um, who led that day. I can't remember who led that day, but Tricks of the Trade grabbed him. Uh, Brooklyn Pier had the back of Creator. Um, Might have been Mr. Delegator. May have been Mr. Delegator, yeah, who ran fourth. You're right, yep. Um, so, yeah, my, my big thing with Creator was I've got Brandon going on with the boys, maybe telling him, find the fence, you know. Let's let's get serious now. Enough of this stuffing about. you got Lauren Tinio drawn under you, who has been missing a lot of kicks in Kalgoorlie. Um I know Taj goes on, but I don't know if they're going to be like lead at all costs. It'll just be be forward. Yeah. If, if you sit behind them, wonderful. If you end up in front, that's that's great too. Uh, and then you've got Magic to Exceed, who's not jumping that well in the bars. Go on. I reckon with real intent, Creator can find the rail. And I just think from there, each way, this is yeah, this is it's a, it looks a really really good race for Creator. Um, Brooklyn Pier. <coughs> it's funny, Crit was five and six. I was the other way. Five and six dollars. Six dollars of Velvet Queen. Five dollars Brooklyn Pier. Um, the right run into it for Brooklyn Pier, very hard to hold out. But yep. again, there, it's a bit of a nonny too. It's four from 28. Um, it's better. Its best runs are usually off seven days too. So that's no big knock being three weeks, but its best runs tend to be off seven days. Um, yeah, take luck out of the equation, back the horse. So I'm hoping 
we'll find the rail each way. That's that's the plan, I think. Do you think still think he can win outside a horse like Big Butter Boom? Uh, yeah, Big Butter Boom's not going quick enough to lead. And to they, lead they won't want to lead either. Okay. Um, they'll be taking a sit with Big Butter Boom. But the thing with Big Butter Boom, it's probably a back will price me too. I'm 11, it's 15. Mm. But I'm worried that Big Butter Boom could end up three the fence if Florentino crosses it and then um, Creator crosses it. And Big Butter Boom, the big fella, I don't think is going to be a three the fence type of horse. Type so, of operator, yeah. yeah, the fact I've been on Big Butter Boom's last two for a little bet means I'll probably – oh, actually, no, I wasn't on two back. Last start. I was on two back. So you were on two back. Uh, means I'll probably have something on if we get a little wobble in price. But, um, yeah, just when you've got a couple of nonnies who I res- I think both are really good horses, Brooklyn Pier and the Velvet Queen, and they're the ones chasing it. It's, yeah, it's nice to be on the horse out in front. I'm with you, creator. It's, yep. his, it's his day, yeah. Do you reckon Brandon's on to find the rails? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think just just channel the written matter type tactics and just be aggressive early, find the rail and yeah. control the race from there. Well, he um, Brandon wrote it. Hey, don't channel your wise counsel. Do <laughs> not channel your wise counsel. Oh, geez, actually, Chris, well, we no Dennis Cooper. Well, yeah. <laughs> I meant to get to that pre before we started. Actually, oh, Denny sending a couple forward and causing a bit of nuisance value. <laughs> a bit roadblocks for us. Bit of chaos. Yeah, bit of chaos. He played a bit of chaos. <laughs> <and> just <laughs> scrambled it into the forward line. Oh, Den, tell you what. Oh, yeah, we should have asked Mitch about that. I don't think he is too excited about it either. Um, yeah, just get forward. Brandon rode this horse at Kalgoorlie when it found the fence was 62 and was a really good winner. So he has done um, and He's done the job before. Yes, on yep. this horse. So. He's only beaten uh, just under two lengths in a Hannon's as well, creator. Um, I reckon so. the boys are a bit upset. I, have, a, have a look at that. Yeah. Nearly the run of the well, race. Was run, there was yeah. a lot of runs of the races in the Hannon's, yeah. as I'm sure Cripple remember with Titan <laughs> Blinders. Um, but, um, yeah, have a look at its run again. It was so yeah, in the super, this is yeah. a, just a hard track horse. It needs a hard deck. So if it starts hard in between now and, and Saturday, um, yeah. abandon ship, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Create a cup. Hard and fast. <laughs> Create a cup for Brandon Louis. So uh, what were the plans before the yeah, – anyway, that's, that's going to matter. <laughs> I mean, Creator definitely can see where you guys are coming from. On form, has the right form lines to be winning. My only query was the map, but if you guys are convinced he gets across, then I would be uh, in the creative camp I'm too, hoping. almost. Yeah, a bit I'm of hope. Yeah. We're yeah. willing. Yeah. The one willing. thing I was worried, I just Big Butter Boom doesn't strike me as a horse who wants to be tucked away on the fence. And I thought if Roy just says to Ollie, we're on nickname basis now. Me <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, lead at all costs. Like He won't say that. No? Nah? No. And then- I'm almost. I actually don't. I actually don't. I'm almost certainly won't say that. I I reckon that even if, for, you know, the unrem- the wild happens and that big butter room begins really well and does this land there, I think the way that creator has been performing has been tough. You know, that's that's the yeah. thing. I'm not. I don't think it's dead money. No. I, yeah. This I don't like backing. Like eliminate will be about the same price as creator. Right. I'm not in any chance. Any. There's no. Way in the world, I'm backing eliminate at two dollars fifty a place, right? Just the way it races, it gets back needs luck. Yep. Bad things can happen. Yep. Think about the. Pl- I always like to think about the place as an individual bet to the to the win. So forget there's a win market even available. Would you take two dollars fifty for eliminate to run a place? Absolutely not. No, don't see it as value. Would you take two dollars fifty if created to run a place? And I go absolutely. Goes forward to create the same luck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It takes three of them getting past it to miss. So, tell you what, like this is real Maddie areas, and oh. takes some sort of training performance from Lockie Taylor. But mm. Laurentinio this year beat the Spruker. Yeah. I mean, look, obviously changed stables, didn't go any good. Ima- this is, yeah. Imagine if they had Laurentinio back to somewhere near his best, albeit without a trial, and he just went straight to the front. Well, 
stranger things have happened. Mate, if this was a quaddy leg, if this was a late quaddy leg, Laurentino would definitely be one of mine going in. I've marked it 30 to 1, don't get me wrong. But loves yeah. the loves yeah. it. Scott 49. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It would not surprise me if it, if it gets up and if it drifts to something wild and they don't account for the fact it's it's back with the tailors of its favourite journey or if Lockie gives us the not on course grip, <laughs> I, I reckon, um, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid. What price is it? 50s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Should get hundreds on the day. I was going to say, yeah, you probably don't need to rush in for that either. All right, create a cup. Let's take a break. And it's because it's mastermind time. We've got Luke Knight, our carryover champion, versus Jordan Turner coming up next. All right, it is now time for the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind competition. That is correct, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located Jacoby Street, Mundaring, Ian Butchie O'Connor. He was out there on Railway Stakes Day on Saturday. He uh, has a couple of runners coming up too, Quillo today and El Mahaman at uh, Mount Barker tomorrow. Uh, Butchie, absolute champion. Make sure when you go to the Mundaring, you give him a shout out, you say hello and uh, let him know that you listen to the 1-1 one, one feed, flutter, Froffies all happening up there at the Mundaring. This week's we were scrambling around for a challenger for Luke Knight. Luke must have scared the opposition away with mm. his dominant display last Thursday, but uh, scrambling around and one gentleman put up his hand and said, I want in, put me in the game. And it's uh, – Past what, champion. Yeah, past champion. One of the, uh, one of the more informed hoops going around at the moment too. Jordan Turner, you're back at the 1-1. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's good to have you back on, Geordie. Uh, clearly dominated the, the trainers and the uh, and the jocks mm. a, few, a few months ago. The who tournament. Did you, who did you knock off in the final? Mitchie. Knock off me, I thought it was. In Mitchie, an epic. It was the yeah, Federer, uh, right. Federer Nadal <laughs> style. <laughs> on, on, on the clay. <laughs> and um, obviously a, a big result there. But I tell you what, you've been riding some, some pretty sharp horses recently. Uh, we saw Rear Admiral... Uh, put them away yesterday. Carly rocks on Sunday. Uh, the, the the two wins on return have been sensational. Soaring Solo's win got even better with the fact that it looks like that inside pad was probably off. And then there's um, the other two-year-old, BJ. Brave Halo. Brave Halo, who, um, yeah, was unbeatable. Star, simply yeah. simply yeah. unbeatable. you got some really nice horses under you at the moment, Jordan. Yeah, I'm riding a few new ones at the moment. I progress on. Um, yeah, so I'm no, looking forward to them. Who's the, who's the one to follow from that lot? Who's your favourite? Oh, um, Put you on the spot. They're all, yeah, that's a hard one actually because they're all going to win their races. I've always had time for Carolee Ross. Yeah, she does. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that Brave Halo has probably been pretty dominant. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Soren Solo surprised me a little bit. And obviously, that also won yesterday. Um, got to have a bit of time for him as well. So, uh, her. It's a four way day. What about what about uh, last Saturday, though, Geordie? What a what a day for the family. The uh, your, your father, Troy's ridden the railway winner. The old boss, Cole Webster, and the family. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, it was a great result. They've obviously been well. Boss has been training for over sixty years, so um, that's qu- quite a big. Big thing for him to happen. He was actually second group one, um, but no one really knew that. He actually won the Oaks when it was a group one. So, yeah. um, but no, it's a great thrill for him. Absolutely, and um, it's very rare that you see those trainer jockey uh, 
combinations just stand the test of time and um for your dad and and for uh for colin webster that's uh you know for your dad to be apprenticed there and still riding for him um all these years later is uh incredible and to team up in one of our most famous racings it's fantastic stuff and the scenes in the mounting yard was was awesome so congratulations geordie but let's bring in our carryover champion he dispatched tommy wolf in clinical fashion last thursday luke knight welcome back how you going fellas very good very good how are you mastermind yeah, don't. I'm the world, mate. <laughs> <laughs> three, zip, three zip as well last week. It was uh, an absolute uh, an absolute demolition. Demolition? Demolition. I think I was just demolition like, demolition shoot. <laughs> an absolute, uh, absolute demolition of a, of a pretty cocky Tommy Wolf. So, geez, you must feel like this week's just a bit of a free hit. <laughs> there, the umpire's got the hand above the head. He's rotating in a circular direction and uh, – yeah, you, you must have felt it. It was a bit of a Saudi Arabia versus Argentina type setup, wasn't it? Had those vibes. Too, yeah. You know, yeah. Nah, more of a Spain versus uh, whoever they versus Costa Rica. Seven <laughs> <laughs> zip. Yeah. That's, hey, that's uh, hey, Luke. How was the chirp after the the mastermind contest? Uh, Tom was very quiet. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be much of a follower of the podcast these days. <laughs> after that. Very good. All right, we won't keep you fellas much longer. Let's get rolling. Uh, your names are your buzzers. You know how to play the game and to be crowned this week's mastermind. You'll need to be the first to answer three questions correctly. Okay. Challenger, are you ready? Yep. Mastermind, are you ready? Yeah, good to go. Three, two, one. All right. Who am I? I I competed in three winter bottom stakes, the final one being in 2020. I amassed a tick over a million dollars in prize money and despite being considered a WA horse, um, a George, tick- Oh, Jordan. Jordan. Uh, Rock Magic. Negative. Yeah. Negative. Negative. Uh, a tick over 50% of my 74 starts were in Victoria. Uh, I don't think you could have squeezed more out of me. I raced in five group ones, never being placed, six group twos, running third twice, and a further seven group threes with one minor placing. I was honest, but always below the top level. Steve Parnham rode me more than any other hoop. He was on board for five of my 11 victories with brother Chris on top for three. Despite those two riding me 46 times in total, brother Brad never sat on me once. For a sprinter... I was incredibly durable over a long period of time, winning a race in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, and being placed at black type level in both 19 and 20. That's quite incredible, isn't it? Mm. Uh, My name, Luke, is two words. One is associated with the Gangnam Dance Movement. The other is a coconut-flavoured alcoholic beverage. Who am I? I don't reckon he's going to get it. Um, Thank you. Do you like the Gangnam bit? Three, Ooh. two, coconut, flavoured, yeah. alcoholic, beverage, one. Geordie, eh. do you know what now? Malibu style. Too late. Malibu style. Uh, <laughs> Luke, yeah. Too late. 
I'd, I'd blown the buzzer. You blew the buzzer. I'd blown the buzzer. You blew yeah, the buzzer. I'd blown the buzzer. So, oh, yeah, Geordie, I thought I'd get someone to go in early with a stage man or a rock magic. I thought they were the obvious ones after yeah. saying that. So, that was my little teaser oh. early. So, what, what, did, got, yeah. what, would Brad, what did Brad do wrong? Yeah, yeah it's incredible, isn't it? Get Steve sit. flew across to ride him. I think Chris did too in yeah. Melbourne a couple of times. But uh, it just it, it, that's incredible. To yeah. One, two, three, four, five seasons in a row, you've won a race. And the last two, you haven't won a race, but you've been placed at, at black top level. Like, yeah. That's yeah, I think Malibu style is quite a unique horse. It's probably underrated yeah, too. Yeah, over a million bucks as well. That stumped me because I actually rode the horse as a three-year-old. So <laughs> oh. That was bad on my bar. I, just I wrote that before I knew you were coming on as well. So <laughs> I just had a quick look and yeah. I thought, no, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be too much in your corner. Coconut alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, and, ga- and Gangnam style. Whop, whop, whop. That's, what, that's, that's when Crip got it, I reckon. Crip right. got the hands out and started having them in, uh, in front of him. He was, all right, he was all right. doing the move. Next question. Okay, which two horses competed in the 2021 Railway Stakes and are now competing in the 2022 Winter Bottom Stakes? Luke. Luke. Red Can Man and uh, Kiss and Ultra Cheek. Incorrect. Geordie for the steal. So can you repeat the question? Who now the two horses that competed in the 2021 Railway Stakes and are now competing in this yeah. Saturday's 2022 Winter Bottom Stakes? Oh, Massimo was one. I know, um, and the other one would have been probably oh. three, two, one, and. You got between it between you. The correct answer mm. is kiss on all four cheeks and oh, Massimo. Yeah. All right. Next question. What trainer saddled up the $2.60 favourite and the $2.80 second favourite in last year's Winter Bottom Stakes? Jordan, Luke. Jordy? Uh, I'll probably have to say Grant Wynn. Incorrect. Lukey? Danny Morton. Off the mark, Danny Morton. That was Leach Street and Will Chino in last year's Winter Bottom State. Luke won. Jordan yet to score. What? Sorry, Kat. Who rode Voodoo Lad to win the 2019 Winter Bottom State? Jordan. Jordy? Uh, Damien Oliver. Damien Oliver. One, one. What horse did Roy Rogers and Brad Rawwiller team up to win last year's regional championship final? Jordan. Jordy? Jordan. Big butter boom. Incorrect. Luke for the steal. Um, oh, uh, Three. Halicorium. Ah! <laughs> That's not right. But I just, I love this. Is he going to have a point? <laughs> Next year we'll be asking about <laughs> this Saturday's race, and that will be the answer then, but not not until that point. Uh, uh, same is, colours. Is Kendall's me dad. Kendall's me dad. There, there we go. Kendall's me dad. All right. So it is 1 1. Name the Queensland trainer shooting for a third Winterbottom Bottom Sorry, Stakes. Geordie. Um, hang on. Um, Buffering. I don't know how it is. Rob Heathcote. <laughs> 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 escaped me as well. I couldn't, think, I couldn't think of he it. He got there. Two-one to Geordie. All right. Name the jockey trainer combo that took out last year's West Speed. Luke. 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 Luke.
Go for it, Luke. Ooh. The jockey trainer combo. Jockey trainer combo in. Uh, we'll go Chris Parnham and Luke Fernie. Incorrect. You can finish the question. I'll finish the question now. Okay. So name the – this is for Geordie. Name the jockey-trainer combo that took out last year's West Speed Platinum Series final. Uh, West Speed Platinum. Oh, gee, I wouldn't know. I just know I want it the year before that. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who won it the year before? <laughs> No, the, the, sorry, oh. the, the correct answer was Todd Harvey and Sean McGrady. They teamed up to win the West Speed Platinum Series final. No white flag. No white flag. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea. We're getting deep here. Cockney Crew has not won a race since mid-2021. Who was, at the time, the 3KG apprentice aboard that day? Jordan. Jordy? Uh, Three-kilo climber would have been... Oh, um, can I ask if he's still three or not? <laughs> no, at, at the time. At the time. He, he did say at, at the, the time. time. Oh. At the time. Oh, okay. At the time. Um, three. I'll go. Two. One. Need your answer. Oh, no. Um, no. Luke. I couldn't tell. I'll go Bo Bannock Edwards. No. Oh. It was Christy, Christy no. Bennett. Bennett. Christy Bennett. Oh, Kieran McDonough. 2-1 to Geordie. Kenny Luck and Jericho Missile will again compete in the Batavia Sprint this Saturday. Sunday. This Sunday, rather, after running first and third in last year's edition. Who started the $1.70 favourite and ran second last year? Jordan, Luke. Geordie? Uh... It was Clint Porter on um, on Adams. It was uh, called. <laughs> He's so close. I'll give you the oh. countdown. Three, two, no, one. Ah, oh. Luke for the steal. Uh, I believe it was Sunstone. Oh. <laughs> it was Sunstone. Jeez, Geordie's teed that up for him. Oh, yeah. He did all the hard work for him. You got yeah, the trainer and jockey. Out. All right. Hey, hey. All right. What's that, two all? That's two all. Two all. Yeah. Jeez, there's always some hardies here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Name the Vaughan Sigley trained gelding that won the 2020, now known Luke. as Luke. Rocky Path. Oh, <laughs> incorrect. Rocky Path. Oh, you're waiting until I race. Missile launch. Missile launch. Missile launch. chimed in. Missile launch. And he saluted. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was the question? Name <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Vaughan Sigley train gelding that won the 2020, now known as the Skyhill Cup. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is missile launch, Patrick Carberry. Geordie scrambles in. Oh, that was <laughs> some type of finish. Jeez, we need, yeah, the, the judge got his uh, his money's decided in that finish, didn't he? <laughs> that was awesome. That was fantastic. Geordie Turner, three, two, you got there, mate. No, failing. That was a terrible effort, <laughs> <for> mate. <my man. laughs> 
no, no extravagant celebration past the post. Jeez, uh, you're a hard man to beat at the mastermind. I think we're going to have to go straight to uh, straight to some of the big dogs in in future weeks. Oh, uh, Luke, super brave, mate. You uh, you had your chance. It was right there, mate. Very good. Rocky path, mm. missile launch. I can see how you got those two. <laughs> Rocky path. That's my second favorite answer, Halatori. That is great, Luke. You're you're a sport, mate. Thanks for coming on. That, as I said, that one hundred dollar gift voucher. We put that in the mail for you. So make sure you head up to the Mundaring, say go to Butchie and enjoy that that well-earned um, meal up there. Uh, but Geordie Turner, you are once again the mastermind of West Australian racing. Uh, can we count on you to be back next week to defend your title? Yep. All right. Sorry, that's Thanks for that, boys. <laughs> Geordie, you're off to the Mundaring again. Thanks again, Luke, and we'll catch up with you next week, Geordie. All right. Cheers, boys. See you Thank you. That was, uh, that was wild. Yeah, well, it was, it was a, a few toughies there in all fairness. I, I didn't know your questions before you went in. I got a couple, but geez, got a couple wrong as well. You knew the uh, Christy Banner one, didn't you, Crip? Last winner I backed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you on there, on that, though? Yeah. yeah. It's the front and beats. Jeez, uh, uh, I think I, was, I wasn't on. I reckon I was on a Jan Jimmy, Dan Jimmy horse that day, chasing hard. Anyway, that's a, that's a question for next week, BJ. So, Geordie, of course, is uh, he won the Jockey Trainer Tournament, and now uh, he must have been a bit, bit, uh, bit keen to get up the Mundaring, Geordie Turner, because he's jumped back on. He's uh, he's once again the mastermind. So, uh, as I said, that one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel, Heart of the Hills, since eighteen ninety nine, is in the mail. Race five is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Series final, $100,000 finale here. We've had three heats leading into this big one. Last year was won by Todd Harvey, Sean McGrady, no white flag, as you just found out, on the mastermind there. But uh, wide open, 1,400-metre event. Where do we start? That's like one place to start, isn't it? The winner? Let's go straight to the straight to the top. You start with ownership groups, I think. <laughs> that's, that's where you, that's where you start. So, yeah, I think Brad's calling this one the Halidorian Cup. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, we're uh, pretty pretty happy with how the race sets up for him. I look to be honest, I don't know if he's good enough, um, and I think he needs that run uh, three back when we kicks clear and we grab by requisition late. You know, the map all worked out. You know, you get those days where everything works out. You get the right cart. <laughs> But, um, yeah, excited to have William Pike on from a good gate um, in $100,000 race with our, with our little battle Halatorian. Very was, excited. Was, was the Wizard your first choice? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> 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 we'll tell that story on the day after a few beers. <laughs> after a few beers or, um, but, yeah, obviously always the first choice, BJ. The Wizard, of yeah, course he was. Um, all right. So we've got the – Top weight, Ollie's choice. Looks like he's currently leading the market here. He's around $394, met with a bit of support since the markets have opened. The other horses in single figures, currently number five, Key Trade, 10, Dadira, and 11, Sweet Tea. Actually, Cartanera is now into single figures as well. The 12, Cartanera ran second in one of the lead up heats to the final. There's plenty of horses that are low in the tens or the low teens that Add a bit of depth to to this um, to this Westby Platinum final. Um, Hot blooded was like wild last start where it bucked and pig rooted and got sent back to trials. It's still only beaten a short margin the other day. So there's quite a few horses here who can put their hands up as a, as a genuine winning possibility. Have you got any thoughts? 
Uh, not definitely not rushing to get involved early, but just think in a race where I, I think there's 10 or 11 or potentially even more that have all clashed last day mm. and they were not much between them, as you said. You just look for that point of difference horse and that is Ollie's choice. I mean, first up, he had the, what did he carry, 60 kilos, somehow got caught three deep and at the back of the field from barrier five and just just looked like a really Oof. good horse and that then, was unreal wasn't it? it was yeah and Dadira got his back as well yeah. as you said that form's not crash up Dadira's um come out and beat them all and then last start drew wide on a day where it was just impossible to make an inch of ground look he missed the kick whether that he actually missed it or that was just by design because if he'd won that day then he would have been weighted out of this i don't really think the camp had too many intentions of winning that day. That was just um, a nice little trial for his grand final, which should be this race. So in saying that, the 62 kilos is always going to be a leveler for any horse, but Brock Luthwaite seems unit. he is a big unit. So barrier eight, probably if – I just want to wait and see how the pattern's playing mm. because if it's a really on-speed day, then I'd, he's either going to be midfield or he's going to probably get caught three deep. Like I can't see him landing one one or anything like that. So, but if they're making a bit of ground by this stage of the day and he can get three deep, we cover nice, a lot of room out wide. And I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's good too. And that <clears throat> that quality that he has um, might surpass the sixty two kilo. Uh, handicap that he's being asked to carry, Terry. He's run huge races with the similar weight. So it's, um, yeah, it's comparative to that. It's not that big an issue. Um, yeah, I'd, he backs himself for me. It's just a, a no brainer here. I thought Sean was really kind on him. I think he ran the actually um, the quickest four to 200 last start and then sort of the final 200, they just sort of lost interest. And, and Sean Adam does that. And a lot of the senior jockeys do. They'll put him right away late in the race when they're, um, when it's all over. But it was interesting in the stewards report, they were trying to ride him on speed, they reckon. Um, there didn't seem A, to be a great deal of intent and B, that would be contrary to sort of how he's raced in the past. He settled closer, but never on speed. So I'm expecting you'll see a pretty aggressive Sean O'Donnell out the gates here. And one thing when I did my speed map for this race, there was a stack of back markers. I had an absolute plethora. I had a hot-blooded key trader and a fire sweet tea, price pursuit Jedi mine. They're, they're not going to land close in, in any single world. So I reckon if they can get him out and get him happy, he's probably in about sixth or seventh. And he probably does get some cover as well because I think they'll probably try to go forward on a horse like Requisition who might get caught out deep. Um, and, yeah, look, if – if if the same Ollie's choice turns up that race first up, I think he absolutely wallops him even mm. with the weight. I think he's a, uh, I think he's a very good horse, and I think he'll go through the grades. So um, yeah, Ollie's choice makes himself price. Oh. Uh, oh mate, I, I I knew I was real short. I reckon you'll trade four fifty. I think you'll be have no issue getting your price. I was two eighty. I was four bucks. Yeah, I was four twenty. Yeah, yeah. No, I went into this with the blinkers. I knew which way I wanted to be. Interesting what you said, Cripper, because if he did win the other day, he'd be ineligible for this race. I was just, okay. yeah. yeah. yeah like, Honestly, I hadn't thought yeah. about that either. And yeah. that's, I was just going through my line yeah. when you said that too, Crip. And um, he also, because he would have been ineligible. And if he was, he would have been carrying 64. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Oh, I wasn't trying to. 220. <laughs> Just been wound in, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, Palatorium I mean, BJ, any, yeah, absolutely, yeah, oh, good, That's absolutely. I didn't ask Crook because I didn't know his answer, so yeah, I did uh, fourth pick, yeah, oh, I, didn't bucks. I, I didn't, oh, I'm 11, That's only because I knew I was coming on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> I'm shorter than you, I'd have nine dollars second five, so oh, there you go, yeah, 
There you go. Looks a great, um, great mount. Willie's the, the actually right sorry, not uh, him and Sweet Tea both in nine dollars. My bad. Yeah, yep. Willie's the right man for for this type of horse. Um, I've been joking in our little group chat that it's it'll all culminate. Alatorian, all the disappointments will culminate in a in a big race success on Winterbottom Stakes Day for a while. So, um, yeah, it's quite a surreal setup. If um, you can get Sea Wave Dance Cocky to give a nice kick on straight, and we yep. get out, and as I said, all those back markers, if they're just in a a bit of trouble and. Um, yeah, he's the man. So Pity. it's been luckless. It's last Speaking year. of dance cocky, it's, I mean, coming off a setback in the 1400 probably is a stretch, but it's a 100%. It's a bit of a pity because he, um, two runs ago when he ran third to all the King's men, like such a good run that yeah. day when not able to lead. That was the guy one, held yeah. up yep. back in Belmont, but and the Alpha Stone Brews. Third to. Um, Universal pleasure. Universal pleasure. Yeah. Yep. And another day. So, yeah. And we saw if you look at the dirt form, you're looking at horses like Powerful, who couldn't go with him up in Broomers. Well, could go with him, but we're very similar levels. Has come out and won a Saturday racing Kalgoorlie. So, this these Westfield Platinum races are, are poor. Horses that leave these Platinums to go to normal 60 pluses really compete. So, they're um, they're always point of difference races, as we saw, but Dadira coming in and winning that well. The dear of me, honestly. Mm. Good win, too. Yeah, it was a very nice shot. 10 out of 10 odd. So we're across the board here, Ollie's Choice? Yeah, Ollie's Choice. And definitely we'll save Halatorian. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. I will give you yeah, that. Will, I'm definitely cheering Valatorian. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be having a I'll hope so, that Ollie's choice trades four dollars fifty. But I just got a feeling it starts short. Yeah, you're right, like too short for me to be on. I wish I took Brad's five bucks yesterday. <clears> um, that that Halatorian purchase price will just um, will just be insignificant come Sunday, won't it? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. We'll start mapping out a bigger campaign for this one. Uh, well, there is another Westspeed Day coming up too. It's December seventeenth. So, or, or he'll so go back to he'll go back to Mount Barker and finish his racing days at least <laughs> in the great in the great southern. It's all it's all, it's all coming up, Haller, isn't it? it Definitely. Is. Race six is the Tab Touch Sir Ernest Lestia Classic. <clears throat> Set weights and penalties. This is a listed race for the three-year-olds over the 1,400 metres. This is, um, yeah, good good race with some um, intriguing form lines with horses coming either via the WA Guineas or the Placidark Stakes. We've even got China Spirit on a six-day backup. Vampy at play coming out of the champion fillies. So um, there's plenty of um, plenty of, plenty to talk about in this particular race. Man Crush was scratched from the Guineas. He's our number one cynical. He was scratched with the Guineas, I believe, with a virus or potential virus last Saturday. And um, he's going to go around for Luke Vanning with William Pike in the saddle. Where do we start here? Oh, I'm not the market basically is my market, so um, I'm not all that enthused at the moment, Crip. I mean, you you were just saying it before off air that um, and it's bang on. Like this is seven days after a lot of these grand final. Who's gonna? Who's ready for this? Who's had enough? Who wants to go around again? It's a uh, it's a funny one in that sense. It's hard to it's hard to trust them, and for that reason, if if you mark a horse a certain price, you probably want a reasonable bit over it to have a bet. Yeah, no, nah, this just had a yucky feeling for me. Like you said, horses, I actually asked BJ off air, I said, is this the first edition of this race? But it was just a, the uh, format's been changed a bit where it just seems weird. You run in the guineas, then you back up mm-hmm. down in trip as a almost a consolation prize a week later. So, yeah, some horses will probably handle it. Like St. is really tough, but, I mean, I watched there might be a couple that just don't want to be there. So, like you said, the market – 
made it easy for me to stay out because I was already pretty keen to anyway. I had Santori on top from all the King's men and Vampy at play third pick, but jury's, I don't want to say out with her, but while she probably still didn't get the best of luck last start, she was a little bit plain to the line, I thought. So maybe she was one that didn't get the mile and back to the 14 is okay. But I mean, you had something on her last start, so I don't really want to follow up. Mm. I guess her point You got Vampy at play fatigue, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. That price is no issue with uh, with wanting to dive into her. There, um, the, the, the good point difference for her here is he just probably drops her out. There's a fair bit of speed in this, and he's the one having the final crack. Uh, Steve, with, with Vampy, but um, definitely not getting me at that price. I was hoping Man Crush went up double figures each way, which hasn't happened. Um, I reckon Willie Pike can get him to the top. He's found the rail three times in his career. They beat home Santorio twice when they've clashed, and on the other occasion was when he was in that photo finish with Amelia's Jewel the other day. So different horse had in front, big, strong jockey. I think was the uh, Belgravia, yeah. Belgravia, yeah. I think he'll give a nice kick if he can find the rail, which I am fairly confident he will, but, jeez, uh, I... I marked him 680 thinking I was being aggressive with my man crush price and he's 650 where I'm looking here. So, uh, now look, Santorio is my $2.90 favourite um, and that's as short as I wanted to get him as well. Like, geez, I wasn't that excited about getting him to 290 but a lot of that was me taking on all the Kings man. Whenever a horse fights their hoop like that and, and is a bit of a nuisance in the run, to me that's half a suggestion that they've had enough that campaign or they'll probably do something very similar again. Throw in the barrier draw as well, which is a, a sticky one for, for them. It's the one I'll, I'll take on. But, um, yeah, Betfair would need to uh, do something wild late to, for me to get excited about any of these. I went the opposite way with all the Kings men. I marked him and Santoria equal favourites mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah, I think I think they just got yeah the the tactics wrong the other day. Um, they they sort of wanted to t- to follow Amelia's and Bustler. Um, sort of came unstuck. Uh, he was trying. It was just one of those things where I don't actually think the horse was at fault necessarily. It was just in that moment of the race. The, pay, the anchor went out and it just compacted the field so much that he just got spat out three and four deep and he just, it just got posted there. So they weren't going that quick. Harvey was able to creep into the race. He was super brave. Um, I think that that um, uh, he's just he's a beautiful big horse, strong. So I, I can't see the seven days off that. I think um, I don't think there should be too much between him and Santorio price-wise. I think back to the 14 will suit with the edge taken off him with that mile the other day. I can see uh, all the Kings being given this a big shake. How, should- do, they, how do they ride him? Um, I tend to think that with Man Crush drawn 10, they can sort of come across with him if they want to get- yeah, to, it doesn't, He doesn't go anywhere near as quick as Man Crush. Early. We, we, we've tried to do this a few times with horses. Like you, we grab them from just outside and I didn't remember doing it with Devoted and Let's Gallivant. They're like, Man Crush is naturally a really quick horse. All the King's men's not. Like it can't come across with him. It's not going to be able to just tuck in on him. That's what that's what worried me. Um, and I reckon I've cooked that a few times recently. So I'm sorry to- just, just no, let me finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nunez is jumping from seven as well, so I imagine they're going to be positive on on Nunez as well. So he can he can sort of he can sort of come across with with a bum to follow. I think all the king's men. Um, he's just I just think he's just been the, one of the more unluckier horses this 
this spring, really. So, um, I think that's ownership <laughs> potentially. Uh, so yeah, I was I was sort of three eighty or the Kingsman Santorio, the pair of them, um, and uh, at the moment, all the Kingsmen's the 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 way to go for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really come to China Spirit off the six days. What what was the figure that you got through for China Spirit the other day, Cripper? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, um, probably nah. Not too bad, but not too good either. Would need to improve about five lengths to get up to the big dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What up, Madame Madame Magic? It's first run. Forget it, second run. I know it was a bit of a first, a bit disappointing mm. for them because it, it, came, there, it came with Cruzy yeah. Roy. Look, the winner. Yeah, Cruzy Roy ran a faster last two hundred and mm-hmm. Forever Classic went terrible yesterday. So yep. graded well, but looks a spike rating. I don't think that horse will. She won't run to that okay. again yeah. on Saturday. I was just looking for sort of one outside the box somewhere mm-hmm. he could come at one, and I just. There weren't too many others in that sense. The just only other um, horse was just, Diamond Commanders, the outside the box type. I didn't mind its its uh, yeah. first up effort, ran third, um, two Barry two, Chris Palmer on board, fifty three kgs. Mm-hmm. So it's funny um, with me, like I'm not twenty six dollars man yeah. a little bit, but um, it faced Santoria, only meets at a kilo and a half worse, and started. Geez, what did start? Dollar eighty. Santoria started eight bucks. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. trip, two or three starts. Three starts, starts ago, so, ago. yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So, still a bit fair. I just think all the King's men went stride for stride down the Ascot straight with Bustler um, in the Faretha track and distance, same track and distance. Um, and uh, ran his heart out in the Guineas when he was just unsuited. And um, I think that him and him and Santoria should be level pegging from a market point of view. So, that's Do some bloody luck. He's due some luck. Mm. Yeah. Poor old, poor old Huckle was, was distraught. Was um, he? Yeah. I didn't oh. get to catch up with him last week. After the guineas, which is understandable. But, um, so yeah, and he has to wait seven days, watch his horse go around again. Mm-hmm. Any any strong views? No, not fear? really. Yeah, you almost convinced me on the fly. I mean, I just didn't really want to even do a market because yep. I just had no confidence in backing anything in the race. So it's an actual race where I probably won't have a bet. Although, if I'm with Terry on the day. Say, good luck, man. <laughs> we'll Jesus be on. Crossed. We'll Ain't be on Costa's crown or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Witten's Irrigation and Design. They're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Witten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Witten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Uh, race seven is the, what is it, Terry? Glenroy. Uh, the, the Scahill, the, the Timmy Scahill shaft cut. <laughs> <laughs> we could do with uh, Timmy Cahill at, uh, the, at the cup at the moment. Yeah, this is the Glen Roy Shaft. Uh, this thing of Harry Kuehl's commentary. Did uh, you get up at three in the morning and watch it? Negative. I actually did. Negative. It's left me cooked all week, to be honest with you. But, jeez, uh, Harry Kuehl, he, yeah, he was a good footballer. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't always equate, does it? Nah, it does not. It does not equate whatsoever. Uh, so this is the Scahill Cup over the 2,100 metres. Um, previously known as the Tattersalls Cup. Looks like it was won last year by Royal Command for the Wizard and uh, Adam Durant and the Wizard and Adam Durant have the uh, have the favourite, same colours as well. Cerise and White, Pure Devotion, Saddlecloth number 14, um, massive black booker in the, uh, in the old Ascot Gold Cup, now the Lucky Grey. Last start um, from eights, probably said it was closer. 
in uh, over up over the 2100 and looks to have this race at its mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought I'd get this about $1.70 and that's where I ended up type thing. So, yeah, look, the speed map even looks really good for it. I know on the surface eight looks a, a little bit sticky, but, again, there's a heap of horses that are just going to drop out here, um, like Lady Chantry Attraction. Platoon, he's a Parker. Floyd, Stafford's lad, Divine Shadow, they're just going to all pop out the back, um, come right back an all-man outside of him. Might even look to – outside of her, sorry, might look to pop forward, which may even help getting cover, but – I think she's got enough gate speed to let Marachino go, Black Shadow Breeze, or go like he pops in behind him. Then there's just a spot there, the big gap where Chili is hot, Nerf Bosk and, and Pure Devotion should slot into. So I'd be pretty upset after what, watching Devoted last week if, if he manages to get this one caught, down, mm. to be honest with you. So especially over the staying trip, you've got more opportunity to pull back, get forward into a spot. And um, look, I really respect Marachino off seven days um, from a railway, but I just I, I can't see how with a six and a half kilo swing, um, that pure devotion isn't going to get Marachino late with normal luck. It's, yeah, this is this one looks your your quaddy anchor. I'd suggest. Mm. I think I, I listening to Adam, Adam really listening to Adam Durand on the radio this morning. I think um, yeah, uh, not this morning during the week. I think um, yeah, Pikey sort of uh, just um, was a win if you can, but don't knock it around type uh, oh, ride okay. last start. I don't think that was the directions, but that was what uh, unfolded. But yeah. um, bit of a pipe opener over the eighteen hundred and uh, um, steadying up for the Scahill and looks the one. Yeah, what yep. price? Oh, I didn't do the race. I actually, obviously, yeah. I mean, no one missed pure devotions last run. So I actually thought about sitting down and having a quick look and then the odds had already came out before I started and I saw, I knew it was going to go up short. So I was like, well, there's no point. Like if, even if it, they somehow miss it and it goes up a backable price, then everyone's going to fix that mistake before, you know, I could say so it was just, uh, um, hopefully it was almost just as long as you guys give it the tick of approval, I'll wait and have something on, on the day, hopefully get a little drift, but. You're not confident, Terry? I don't know. That, that's the key. Is what, what, oh, what are they going to Very back? confident on the, the result. The result, yeah, not that's the price. Yeah. What BJ just said. Like, I I, I still, yeah. <laughs> I, what, think you're, I think you're right, Terry. This starts with the one in front what of What are me. they going to back? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the question. What on earth? Marachino can't get any shorter than six. Six dollars is about seven. I've, I've got it seven. So, it, but it, it's it's not going to shorten a huge amount. There, there'll be some punters do love the seven day backer and they, they naturally get. Supporters. All it takes is they're some good Marachino money. I say it's a leader bias day and it's playing really strongly out in front. It starts 480, then suddenly Crip gets his 260. We get our 260 late, new beauty, we're off. But Stafford's lad's only going to drift from that guy. It's sub $10. Look, God, like he was. Stafford's, Stafford's going to be back running on. Yeah. Um, come right back. Um, the rest of them, nothing's going to firm. The only one that will firm is Chili is hot, I think, from barrier one. Um, I know that it's formed numerically. I wasn't read that well, but it's actually going really well. Actually, it's hot. And, and he come right, come right back, money could be coming, but that's that's as thin as it's going to get. Yeah, it's still going to be double so, figures, isn't it? Um, who's riding come right back? Kira is Clint off. Kira, you. I thought it was Clint. She rode it last start, didn't she? Yeah, no, but she did. But Clint doesn't have a ride in the race. I was almost certain when it, the when it went up initially, it was it was CJP. Hang on, I'll double check, see whether it's a riding change. No, it does say Kira, you're right. Yep. Oh, there you go. Oh, there's less reason. Just naturally, money comes more when it's Clint rather than Kira. So, um, yeah. Look, I, oh, I don't know. I wish it was two sixty. It's mm. like that's easy. Off we go. 
Um, like I'm, I find that this is definitely not my strength. Deciding when to dive in at two dollar thirty pops, I often start at two ninety. I'm going, oh, you're <laughs> taking the two, the two thirty, you idiot. But uh, you also might lose the opportunity if it trades a dollar eighty eight, and you're sort of probably not going to dive in at all. So, have something um, on now, maybe. Yeah, maybe have something on now, but. Yeah, this this it's the only horse you can back. How's me giving advice on when to jump in it. and when not to in a race? It. I haven't done the full. Well, we've done a we've done a big body with this stage. We've got the first leg. It the um, only the only horse I think um, if planets align and he rips out anywhere near um, his best, which might be past him, but I think one of the forgotten horses of the race is Platoon. From a quality point of view, a lot of these horses just don't have the same level as class as this fellow does. So um, the Peters run was a bit. Bit yucky, but I can I think forgivable um, the, the the way that the track was that day. Stepping up in distance, which Stevie Parnham mentioned on the show a few weeks ago, was going to be the plan with this horse. So just how how much quality he's shown over such a long period of time, I think Platoon could be the the big improver. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He's the yeah the class runner, and with fifty five, he's extremely well in yep. under the setup of this race. I guess the way Platoon wins it is probably Pikey getting caught deep yep. um, and following him, or even not following him. It's just pure, pure devotion. Doesn't run to its level. I think the way he gets beaten is Marichino kicks and somehow keeps going with yeah. big weight. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Platoon definitely makes sense in that sense. All right. So we've got a special treat for our listeners heading into the feature, the Winter Bottom Stakes. Group 1, $1.5 million race. Bet for Betfair's Tom Haylock is uh, joining us to help us with the Eastern States contingent. Um, it's fair to say that uh, – Terry Cripp and I don't uh, don't pay too much attention to what's happening in uh, on the East Coast, but um, we better get someone who knows what they're talking about on the show. All right, gents, it's time to get stuck in to the, one of the juiciest winter bottom stakes we've had in a long, long time. This is Group One, twelve hundred meters, weight for age, sponsored by Crown Perth Race Eight on the card. And to help us work through this full field to face the starter, we've got Betfair's own Tom Haylock on the phone. Tom, welcome to the One One. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, thanks to uh, Betfair. It's uh, good to speak to. Three learned gentlemen. Three learned gentlemen, <laughs> dearie me. That's we can't be, we can't be too learned because uh, we're uh, we're uh, quite uh, mystified by some of this East Coast form, Tom. So hopefully you can shed some light on some of these horses that are coming across to uh, to steal all our money over here on the West Coast. <laughs> they might be. Um, the good thing is a lot of them tie into each other, so you don't have to watch too many replays. They um, a lot of them come through the VRC. Brent, obviously, and Pulele Rothfire and the astrologist. Um, and then you've got Valana, who draws well. Jamie Carr's over the right and um, got to be respected. Now, it's amazing to think that Pulele's still a four-year-old, guys. Um, so he's had 20 starts this horse. He feels like he's been around for years. Uh, Valana, on the other hand, had half as many starts, and she's uh, and he's the horse on the up. So really interesting race. It looks like a high-speed, high-pressure race, guys. From a yeah, speed, the, the biggest thing I probably want to ask you, Tommy, is from a speed map point of view and how I'm trying to map this race. So, the astrologist is a horse we saw take a, a sit last start, but is is his racing pattern traditionally more so to to try and find the top? And is that the sort of the tactic you'd expect him to employ um, over here? Um, from two, um, it was a you know Pikey better than me with the astrologist. He'll be handy, oh, I think. I've mm. got you've got Red Man, Indian Pacific, Massimo, and then Rothfire obviously kicks up in Barrier Three. I wouldn't be surprised if Rothfire takes a sit. 
um, from that, Barry. You'd think the others um, over your way might have a bit more speed and from that, Barry Rothfire takes a sit. The astrologist won't be far away. And then you've got Vilana and Pulele. Pulele may have to get back from Barry 16. We saw him in the Moya get back and wide and, and run home really well. Now, he obviously ties in through Rothfire and was, was fantastic in that Moya stakes when it was really favoured those on speed. I thought he was fantastic. And obviously the winner of the Manicato came through that race as well and, and was fantastic there as well. Pulele was... I don't know what to make of Pulele's last two two starts ago, um, and then the VRC Classic. He, the Manicato, sorry, Pulele in the Manicato. I just, I just don't like that setup. I didn't like the race for him. He was too bad to be true there. And then last start, he wasn't beaten too far. And Rothfire ties in through the Solidist as well. There, off the all, I'd probably lean the way of Valana. He's just, he's just a horse on the up. He's got Jamie Carr on. I, it's a real tricky one. Rothfire for me. He's been up a while now. It's, he's had a couple of grand finals. He probably settles on speed in a high-pressure race, and I'll be looking for Valana to get over the top of them. That's how I see it. Jamie Carr going on. I generally like Godolphin horses fresh in their campaign. I think Pulele's been up for a little while. Valana's only had the three starts, probably here of the two that, that might be the one for me. Um, what's the track rated at the moment? Is it six? How will it play on Saturday? Uh, it should get back to a good four. We're, we're fairly confident it'll get back to a, a good four by Saturday. Um, does that help Valana or would that hinder it? So I can see, uh, well, basically its its record uh, is fairly uh, steady across the board uh, on all types of tracks. But um, are the, is the drop back to 1,200 a worry for Valana as well, coming from 15 then a 1,300-metre assignment? Yeah, and that that race obviously suited her last, his last race. I think she's a he's a she. He's his last race suited those on speed as well. So that's important to note. The first four in running um, settled or settled first four and and finished first four. So he, he had favours with Nashville on. I think he probably is a better horse with the sting out. If it's too mm-hmm. firm on Saturday, I'd be more inclined to risk him, especially. Um, probably back and wide potentially and having to make ground back in trip. That's the query for Valana um, on a firm track. If it is some sort of sting out and it's it's racing more of a, a four or a five than a three, um, he's got to be more of a chance. So that's that's an important thing to note. Pulele goes well on firm tracks. Um, I think Valana's the horse on the up out of all those Eastern State horses. The Astrologist is a better horse down the straight right, yeah. and – yeah, I think Valana might be the one. There's just a bit of timing. I I would I'd be inclined to risk. I see your point back from 15 to 13. Probably didn't see out the 1,500 metres. The 13 was ideal, but back again on a firm track would be the worry from that barrier. Might just find them a bit slick, but you just want to see how the track's playing. Rail out three, obviously they're off fence last Saturday. Are they expecting to be wider again? No, the, the three-metre pad's been playing really well. Uh, so more traditional yep. ascot that you can land. So the, the good barriers are actually good barriers when you're at the um, the three-metre pad compared to the true where a good barrier is basically drawing um, the river on, on a normal deck. So <laughs> um, we're not going to write that off. The big thing I'm hearing from you, Tommy, is we're just taking them all on. Yeah. It's a, it's a West Australian <laughs> winter bottom boy. Sure That's is. all I'm hearing. Uh, I'm not overly confident on either. Like, as you said off air, Terry said they've been up a little while. This might be an afterthought for a couple of them. And that is a huge concern for me with Godolphin horses. And they all tie in to each other besides Valana. And I generally, when that's the case, I often look for fresh horses in different forms. So, um, yeah, I'll be really interested. I'm not overly confident on any of them. So there's there's your lead, guys. So it's interesting that um, 
what you're saying, Tom, there, as far as the speed's concerned, is that the astrologist and Rothfire from two and three uh, won't, neither of them may not be desperate to lead. So, Terry, what does that mean for a horse like Stipperucci? Is she quick enough to, to hold up and, and lead from one? Or does that bring horse uh, horses like Indian Pacific potentially a chance to zip across and cover them? So, I mean, it's a big ask from 15, but if, if those East Coast horses are happy trailing the, the, the two leaders or the three leaders or whatever it is, then the lead's going to be up for grabs. Yeah, it certainly will be. I, I think with Snipperucci, if you've come this far, like I don't think it makes any sense to take a sit. Mm. Like I don't. I think you'd really you'd prefer to to kick up and have a crack and try and hold the top. I don't think it's taking a sit on the back of one of them and getting offered an out sprinting something. But in saying that, I reckon the tactics will be to Jason. Like if you get taken on, a bit like all of them. I, I imagine listening to um, Robert Heathcote speak. We're very happy to lead on Rothfire, but if we get taken on, then we'll just we'll take a tuck in behind them. And I think a few of them have that type of mentality. So it's, it's going to be fascinating because Indian Pacific will try and find the front or at least try and find the fence with, with Paul Harvey on board. Massimo the same, but I don't think Massimo back to the 1200 will have as much toe and might have to just settle midfield. Um, it, to me, it could turn really ugly. But it also could mean that we leave one of these good Eastern Staters out in front on a track. And this is something I was saying to Tommy on the phone earlier. Think about our sprints recently in WA, right? Mervyn, Indian Pacific. Like, when was the last time we had a really good wheelchair? It's been a while. Mm -hmm. When was – and it, it hasn't competed in many blacktop races. When was the last time we had a really good front runner in Western Australia? Like, none of them are that competitive. So, thus, that's why Elite Street, Miss Kentucky, all Rock Magic, that's why these horses are all winning because we don't have any really good jump and run um, sprinters in Western Australia. We now do, and we need to respect that. And that's something that I'm really mindful with this map is that if the astrologist or Rothfire and the level they can run to get a good time of it on, a, on an ascot track, which suits horses like that over 1,200 metres, they've got to be hard to get past. So last that, that guys, that just on that, that that leads me, just your, your thinking there leads me, if, if Rothfire can kick up from three and actually control the, the race, It'll be mighty hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tommy, just before we let you go, the current markets are roughly Valana six six fifty, Rothfire four eighty five dollars type thing. Do you expect? Do you expect the um, that to flip closer to start time with with support for Valana, who, as you said, is the uh, is the horse on the way up. Uh, I think it depend on how the track is playing, guys, yep. and and. The the tactics here are so crucial with those drawn outside of Rothfire. If if they don't push the button, Rothfire can kick up and, and obviously control the race. He has the speed. I just thought there might have been some pressure out wide, but hearing what you guys are saying, they might not actually push the button. So I think they the speed and the, the way the track's playing will be crucial to the chances of Rothfire and Valana. And I think Roth, Valana back in trip, if they're struggling to make ground and they're running slick times out in front, they'll take Valana on a bit more. On 12th, um, and if it's suiting those coming back and wide, then Balana might um, earn. So I think by race eight in the day, you'll get a good idea, and, and the market might trend towards uh, purely the map. Perfect. Tommy, Betfair's best. Thank you very much for joining us here on the 1 1. Very much appreciated. It's been a pleasure, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Tommy. We'll see you Sunday. Look forward to it, guys. Cripper, Winterbottom Stakes. What uh, did that help you at all, Crip? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with Here you, Terry. Go. It feels like it's the locals are uh, 
Yeah. In the box seat. Yeah, every, every, a couple of other people. I spoke to old M. Fitzner as well about it. And, um, yeah, he was sort of like, oh, they're all, yeah, Villana's on the up, but Rothfire hasn't been the same horse since then. And, and the rest of them, Palele is coming across off two massive failures. Like, I don't know. There's no real super fear horse. For so, me. look, as we've stated, we I don't have a great and or no understanding of these raiders. But... <laughs> So, the way the data works is the higher the quality of racehorse, the more accurate the data is. So, I'm pretty comfortable getting a handle on these runners from just looking throughout their careers. And one thing that really stood out to me was, so, for example, two years ago when Trekking, was that the Godolphin horse that came yep. over? Trekking came over and albeit he was a $1.70. When- Who was looked, it? Basically, Everest horse, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. So, I looked at the data and he had a clear standout his figures on the ratings, they were just lengths above everything that we had in WA, like sort of two or three lengths. And look, even he failed. But I'm looking at all these Raiders and look, while their figures are definitely competitive, I don't think they're that much better than what we've got in WA. Um, and then you add in the fact that they, at the back end of their preps, they've had to travel. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the uh, stay loyal and go for a Sandgroper. And that is actually, um, can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I've got um, this will test you as a bet. So, <laughs> what she did last start on the figures is definitely going to be competitive in a race like this. Her two starts before that, she had no luck whatsoever. I mean, first up, she was 3D at the trip. Second up, she just got annoyed by icy red. Icy red, icy red. So, barrier eight should come into barrier eight after the scratchings. I thought at, on the barrier draw, I thought that was perfect. And then when I did the race properly yesterday, there is a few horses who have drawn inside her that might want that same spot that between fifth and eighth. But I'm pretty comfortable with that Lucy will get a spot three that we cover and hopefully that's on a, a good horse. And look, I reckon she's going to run an almighty race, I think. Oh, I'm I think pretty pumped. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I marked her. A, it was funny, like a $7.80 favourite. How's that? A $7.80 favourite I marked her. Um, pretty loose, I'd say. I'd suggest my marking is fairly loose in, in the fact that I could only do the Eastern States horses with a pinch of salt. And again, I, I'd use the... Figures a little bit as well, but um, look, she's got tactical speed. She she lands in a forward position. Um, and I think we, we all spoke about Miss Kentucky running a sub 11 last two last start. She w- she ran the second quickest last two for the race after doing more work early and being exposed to clear air earlier. And her last two was only sort of 0.2 of a second um, behind Miss Kentucky. So and Miss- Lucy had time to salute. Exactly, Lucy, exactly right. Lucy had time to salute. So I reckon if you're just watching the replay as well. It's as r- good roughly, as Miss- roughly three quarters of a length difference yeah. between them. That's incredible. And as you've watched it, like she's um, Miss Kentucky's taking no real ground or this will test your lights. So, um, is yeah. that is that a massive? Was that a massive spike last time? Not too bad. Look, like, at, so look at the first up run because again, let's compare just Miss Kentucky. This will test your first up. But peak, this peak, will test you was a better yeah, run. It was peak, a peak, peak performance. Peak, peak, peak. But grab that okay, Chris. So you, it was a peak performance. How far behind lengthwise was the first up run with Natasha Faithful on board? Two and a half. Uh, how much better? How how much extra ground did she have to cover that day, comparative to the run she got that day? I'd say there was a two and a half length difference. Yeah. I reckon she's ran that same rating twice. It's just she's had a far tougher run first. But can she? Okay, trip. can she do it three times in a row? Oh, maybe not. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. there's going to come a point where they train off. Maybe Danny went um, a start too early with Elite Street last year. Um, oh, he bled though, so maybe not. Start, but, yeah, once but this year you've yeah. gone. So this year they're going a start later with them. So yeah, potentially um, this will test you. It was a three start campaign, but you such can't. A wildly, I'm not going to allow for that. Though. And that's wildly a, impressive performance. You're not backing her at two dollars eighty either. Like we're getting exactly double right. figures. So if she 
if she's had enough this campaign, well, like, I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm sure Mitch will be crying, but I haven't done my balls if that makes exactly. sense. Like, it's just no. been, I'm having something on each way. I'm not loading up. But. I just I just can't believe how strong she was the other day. It's remarkable, mm -hmm. remarkable to think this horse was able to do that on that day. It's just, yeah, it's just, she just has to be, has to be a massive player, just. Done, has done nothing wrong and so much will come down to the, just so strong so back, strong who what back you get who takes yep. you into the race like if you've got red cam man three deep even though as i said i think they'll probably look for cover with red cam man come out a little bit quieter um but you just need the right back to take yeah. you into the race and it's well, going to be everything well, we saw it last week patty followed bustler into the race yep. in the guineas and troy, troy Turner followed, followed comfort, comfort me. me so yes the the two best rides the two best Passages in transit got the got the cash. That's probably a good way to races. put it. The, the race is definitely even enough where the best ride may end up being the difference between winning and losing. So, yeah. and whereas some other races, you know, you can get a six out of ten ride but still win because you just got a clear edge. But I just reckon you could throw a t tail. What is yeah? What does D Max say? Throw a t tail over this field um, from a I guess a form point of view. And yeah, look, I had, did have Rothfire equal favourite with this test at seven dollars. And he is the big winner from the barrier draw and he maps to get the run of the race, but definitely don't want to be taking the fives. And Valana does look a horse who is on the up, but I mean, you've got to take into account barrier 11 at some point. Like where, I don't know where he gets. So- um, Might be following this with Tisha. <clears throat> yeah, which probably wouldn't be ideal. And there, there's probably, you wouldn't say that he could lead up a three wide line, could you? And win. No, no, just be there and are we dreaming? Oh, no, that? I don't think so. Nah, behind that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you, Cripper. The, just the wildcard runners here from a ratings point of view, Snipperucci and the three-year-old Maya Bella May. What sort of level do they need to r rise to? Maya Bella May coming out of a plus a dark stakes victory, Snipperucci on the quick backup after winning the Jungle Miss last season. Snipperucci would need to improve – Two lengths, yeah. Um, which I mean, you could definitely make a case for, considering she probably, although she did get off the fence last start, still wasn't suited by the pattern of the day. She would, she led and won, and the next winner on the day didn't settle closer than fourth. So, uh, my Bella May would need to improve about two and a half, three lengths. Again, she's only had three starts. so yeah. Why couldn't she do that? Yeah. She's seriously progressive. Mm. Fascinating, isn't it? It adds adds so much. Those. Kind of quirky sort of runners that have just come come up burst onto the scene have uh, added so much to this race. The other one for me is, and look, I know probably going to be better suited next start, but if we got an off pace day, I reckon Kissing All Four Checks yeah. can definitely win this race too. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. It's just a, like, yeah, it's a race where there's probably I could put ten in a quaddy, and it wouldn't completely surprise if I missed. Miss the winner. I mean, I'm probably going to take a set against Elite Street when while he's at single figures because I just didn't see enough first up. But I mean, yeah, take on the champ at your own peril. Speaking about that, Crip, I, I think the most interesting part of this race, I've seen a, fr a few previews. Everyone seems to be tipping Valana. So maybe up-and-comers tend to get the market support. Um, it'll be fascinating to see what this market does like. You and I like this will test you at the double figures. Does it hold firm at the double figures? We saw a huge money come a couple of starts ago when Miss Kentucky actually um, beat her. Um, does that mean this elite streak could drift to $10? Could we see something crazy? We're, you would never even imagine seeing that price mm. for elite streak first up. Uh, but before it 
Um, he had his first start run. Like, what do you ex- do? You have any? guesswork into what this market will do or who will be the supported runner? Uh, not really because the market is quite similar to mine at the moment. I mean, look, I'm saying I want to be on this little test here, but there's been a bit of support in the last 24 hours. So at currently where I'm looking $10, like I'm not rushing to get on that either. I might probably have maybe a third or half my bet yeah, you know, before the day and then just wait. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if this little test here trades $14, $15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean- you know, you got you got the Godolphin and you got Elite Street and like Mitch Pateman, like people over East probably, he's not the big name like the other ones I've just mentioned. So she she could be the forgotten runner and and then like horses like, we haven't even touched on it, but Pikey's Mount, the astrologist, like he's got the right figures, the right gait. Like there's just so many runners in this race with the right run, they could win this. Mm. It's 125% <laughs> at the moment. Which it's going to get into 100%. Which brings me, brings me to my tip, the, the Miss Kentucky. I think um, <laughs> I love how we've discussed eight horses, and she's not even one of them. Yeah, it's incredible, Kentucky, isn't it? She's just absolutely flying. Uh, I think that was a that was a uh, preliminary final uh, performance last start, leading into the winter bottom when they just knew that the cause was basically it was a wash before they even went out, just to the due to the pattern of the day. Um, so Patty just sort of got back, ran on, prepping for the winter bottom. Follows campaign. If she gets on the back of Valana, who follows this texture, that type of thing, peeling. If they're getting out into the lanes, um, you know that she's gonna she's gonna put she's gonna run just about the fastest last two and four of the race, just about. So if she's close enough in a rhythm, no traffic, it's gonna take a fair horse to hold her out. I think. Yep, certainly will. The, that, the Villana 12, Miss Kentucky 13 could end up being a huge part yeah. of the barrier draw, yeah. couldn't it? So, yeah. yeah, fascinating stuff. Absolutely fascinating it's, stuff. It just so you're like part of the Morton camp. Are we you're jumping ship? No, no, I think I, I actually- I can't win. I, I actually marked- that's a, big, that's a big thing to say. I actually marked um, Elite Street and Villana $6 favourites. Okay. So um, I wasn't that keen on Rothfire at the 1200, but happy to have egg on my face. Great trainer, Robbie Heathcote. But um, and I had um, Miss Kentucky was my was uh, I had um, her at the eight dollar mark. So, um, but this uh, kissing off for cheeks, Dan. Very happy with her. Travelled uh, really well. Galloped strongly. Um, while the Gold Rush is her is Plan A. Don't like she's going to be following Miss Kentucky basically. So going to get going to be on the right horses back, and she's a, she's a Top mare, I even think if you go back and watch the replay of her run in the Empire Rose, it was massive, um, absolutely massive. And um, yeah, we're ridden by one of the the UK jockeys um, and probably didn't quite get it, <laughs> get it right, I don't think, in my personal opinion. So I can see her. I think both the Morton runners will run well, but just the fact that Elite Street's going to have to improve, going to spike a lot off that first run. Um, he can be done, but the horse that's had the the perfect prep into it um, and it's going to be sort of looming large is Miss Kentucky for mine. You get three numbers for your quaddy. Go. The 14, this will test you. Two, Milan. Oh, I actually don't even know. I'm just going I'm just going one out. 14. Just going one out. I love it. I love it. BJ? You guys are so strong on this will test you. I've got me, it's got me rattled. Um, my three for the quaddy would be uh, four Elite Street, two Valana, 13 Miss Kentucky. All right, I'm just chipping into Crips quaddy swear one out. This will test you. <laughs> I like it. 
I'll be having a lot more than three. <laughs> That's my point. You could take 80. What a race, really. Yeah, what a race. Um, three-year-olds, mares, uh, horses, railway horses coming back, horses heading towards the uh, the gold rush. It's got everything, this race, so can't wait. Stageman. Yeah. Just imagine it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's go, Terry. What time is it? Ah, it's time for the get out stakes, BJ. S-T-E-A-K-S. The Daniel Cripps. The most stakes. competition yeah, <laughs> in racing <laughs> two south points. of the hemisphere. Cripper Cripper's been like a nostril away from being a five time get out stakes winner. Yeah, I hate people that just talk about their hard luck stories. <laughs> <laughs> get out stakes, extremely popular. Uh, Twitter-based competition brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canning Vale Markets. It's out on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show, swing pass, say good day to Timmy and his team. They'll look after you. Timmy, good luck to him. He has uh, a share in Featherweight in the opening event of the day, as does Mario Delina, friend of the show. Back itself, Mario. So um, congratulations to episode 150 winner, Damien Almez. He was, it's the first time he's uh, taken out the get out stakes thanks to his above the peg where he absolutely middled the margin. Got it bang on. One, uh, 0.16 was uh, Damien's prediction. Cripper went 0.19. So you weren't even close. What are you winning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, now to enter this week's get out stakes, race nine at Ascot. Send us a tweet at the one one pod who you think will win race nine, a decimal winning margin. Two decimal places preferred, and you cannot ever forget the Sam White rule, Terry. First in, um, I've got nothing funny, best dressed. Best past the post. Race nine is the Furphy Handicap, a 78 plus over 1,600 metres above the peg. Current market elect on the seven-day backup after uh, getting a few of us out of a jam there last Saturday. Playing Marika, no luck in the RJ Peters. And then we've got a host of horses who would uh, consider themselves winning chances, potentially. Eeyore Ways, no luck last start. Star Line, huge on the quick backup. Son of Bacchus, Bacchus back on a firm track. Is he ready? And the uh, enigmatic Bill E. Ray. Have I forgotten any, Terry? I think I have. I was actually looking at who my best was going to be, so I actually didn't hear a word you just said. That doesn't surprise me, Gripper. <laughs> um, yeah, look, not a heap of interest to round out the day. On the data above the peg looks a good thing, but then on the contrary, you go back and look at his run two starts ago and while he didn't get the best of luck, playing Marika hit the line far better than him and gets a nice little weight swing. So while I do have the peg on top, currently $2.80, doesn't really interest me from a betting point of view. Uh, as I said, playing Marika. It's been some money too, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing Marika, clear second pick. Yeah, as I touched on, um, great run, two starts going. And then, yeah, didn't get the best of luck last start. Thought Still can't work out how she got so far back the other day. But um, My so money. Shuffled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly. You just crippled it. My money, yeah, 100%. <laughs> the money was crazy uh, late too. I remember talking to Terry the day before and I said, I think I said something like, oh, look at everyone. Like, she just has this reputation of being a backup horse and everyone's trying to tip into her. But I gave her none and thought she'd get the blows, but she was uh, very strongly Track supported. Related barrier two. I think we all yeah. know be where Search and Rocks was going to be. And next thing you know, she wasn't where Search and Rocks was going to be, but that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Starline's going really well. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Just my only query is like a. Breeze? 
It probably breezes outside. I hope they go forward. No speed, was it? Nah, but Cockney Crew Cockney. still rolling along. Cocko. And I just reckon like he's probably a better 1,400 metre horse. So the mile is on his limit and then you've got to sit outside and, and do the bullocking work outside out of Cockney Crew. Might yeah. see him out. And then um, I had Billy Ray fourth pick, but just that's always going to be under my price with the Pike Peters colours and- Thought, actually thought Cockney Crew wasn't impossible to get a leader's day, but mm. yeah, look, I'm, um, I thought the winner comes from the top two, but not that keen to play at the current prices. I don't, so I don't, really I don't mind. Um, get us out of trouble. I don't mind Son of Bacchus. Son of what? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind that. Like the Pontiff going on. Yeah, I love the booking. Yeah. Uh, love the draw. Um, I thought he was building towards something. He had no luck uh, with Pete Nucky on board three back. Um, never got out at any stage in the straight. Copped a, copped a rain-affected track in the Northern Cup. Wasn't his day and didn't mind his run at all behind big screen over the 14. Uh, last start, um, three weeks between runs. Um, has a great record. Only won the one, but very rarely misses a hole at the uh, at the mile, over, at the Ascot mile rather. And I just feel like this is, he's building towards something. Um, yeah, good booking, ready. This this feels like a son of backers type race for me. I feel like he might have even won the last on a big day somewhere in the past. Son of Bacchus, actually. Yeah, Sean Rodeo O'Donnell. got caught three deep. No Sean O'Donnell on board. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, might have been made the punt that day. Oh, no, no, it wasn't punt. Rodeo when he ran fourth over 1,200. Could have been dong, yeah. Um, yeah, nah. I was, I was hoping one of you guys a real strong one. Uh, don't mind Son of Bacchus. I was a touch longer than the current price, so, so not going to get me. I was a bit longer above the peg. Obviously, don't use the data as predominantly. So it meant that playing Marika was my market elect. So mm-hmm. at this stage, that's going to be me. But in saying that, like, um, how's the track playing? How's he going to have to ride her um, to win the race? There's a lack forward. of speed in it. Don't think she's going quick enough to go yeah. forward. Like last year, she just she isn't beginning as well as she has. She's potentially racing better and sharper than she has been, but she's lost the ability. She's lost the turn of foot, but uh, lost the early speed, I should say. Um, but then, yeah, I've got Eo Ace yeah, uh, as well over my price. I think that price might only get to be a drift as well. Last start was actually really good. Mm. Craig State was just got on the back of the wrong horse, which took him back to dead last. Yeah. With the lack of speed in this, I reckon they'll ride it out the gates. And as long as he doesn't have to do too much early and can land like three the fence on, on Cockney Crew and find clear air, like he was really good behind Arachino. His Northern Cut run was yeah, awesome. right part. Yeah. The, the fence was hot that day, so you got to allow for that. But he always, I'm sort of seven, eight bucks, it's 14. Playing Marika, I'm five, it's 750. Dom to shoot, I'm nine, it's 12. But that's all because of what I've done with above the peg. So completely staying out for now as I expect to lose. It's a good attitude. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you, I'm giving you my phone again. Give you, and we're gonna, you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to get serious about the soccer is versus Tunisia. That's what we're going to about this point in time. We're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about the how we're going to dismantle the Tunisians and keep our dream alive. All right, so I'm going to have something on Son of Backers and Eorways in the Get Out Stacks on Saturday. Hopefully, we can uh, we can march off to the uh, the Betfair function um, with uh, on a winning note. Cripper, any anything you want to add to the lucky? Nah, that'll do. All right. Let's take a break. We're back with our Betfair Best Lays and our Maddies. Okay, we're in the home straight here on episode 151. It's time for our Betfair Best Betting Propositions for Winter Bottom Stakes Day. Betfair Best for you, Cripper? Yep, reckon we can get the cash early. Race one, number eight, River Rubicon. Terry? Ah, bit of a boring one. Race seven, number 14, pure devotion. Anything above even money is enough to have a good bet. Yeah, pure devotion is a standout for the day for mine, but I'll 
go something a bit creative and lock in creator Ooh. as my Betfair best of the day. The creator cup race four. The creator cup. <laughs> Hashtag. We're just willing, willing this oh, into, okay. uh, into happening here. Brandon. <laughs> Louis. Yeah. Brandon Louis, creator. Um, Betfair best. Okay. What about a Maddie? Grippy, you threw out a couple of Maddies. Yeah, mm. I got a fudge hey. point. Race four, number eight, double spice. Thinking. Run a race at currently nineteen dollars. That's close enough for me. Just want a special mention to Laurentinio in the same yeah. race. Yeah, he made that too. I actually said before. I said, um, hope it's a good training effort from Lockie Taylor. But look, we all know that he's just the face of the stable. <laughs> he does all the work. So, <laughs> Brit, get it going for me, please. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. Poor Jimmy's getting none of it. Yeah. <laughs> the bloke whose name's uh, on the book. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, oh, I'd, I'd struggled for a man. I like to always say when I'm at least going to back and. Um, I'm not going to back too many at this point of time. I think a lot of them will jump over 20 to 1 that I'll back. So we're going to all up my best. Pure devotion into this will test you. We should get about 25 to 1. That's what we'll do. Race to race play. 7 to 8. Bang to the bang. Well, we've hardly mentioned this horse, and he is just about my favourite thoroughbred in the world. So my Maddie in uh, in race 8, the winner bottom stakes, is none other than Red Can Man. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to go around at a big price. He's going to need a lot to go right, but he's flying. Uh, just got rolled by this will test you the other day. Has um, has form around these East Coast horses that are coming across through the Bobby Lewis stakes at Flemington a um, month or so ago. If, if Red Can catches the brakes, then, um, you know, if he drew a gate, I reckon he'd be close to a $10 pop in this race. So he's going to be out the gate and uh, he's going to be mad. He will be mad. Yep, he will be mad. Lay. All the eggs in one basket for me. Look, I usually like to pick a favourite and just quickly scroll through and most of the favourites I'm either with or didn't really like the race. So lay of the day, race one, number seven, rev it up. Uh, that too. I'm with you. Yep. Yep. Wow. Fascinating stuff, isn't it? Data. <laughs> Data with an R. Um I will lay. I've marked it a five dollar fifty favorite, but it's two seventy. So I'll go race two. Bit of merit. Well, it's sub three bucks. That's a lay. All right, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. All right. Thanks, Clipper. Always a pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me on, and looking forward to Saturday. Certainly, I am very much looking forward to a cracking winter bottom. Like I, yeah, it's a uh, it's a race. It's uh, great for the neutrals. I often say it'd be a great race not to have a bet in. Just enjoy the spectacle. Well, that's highly <laughs> unlikely to occur. I'd suggest. Uh, but, you know, appreciate your time as always, Cripper. It's fascinating uh, hearing your insights uh, and the way you go about it. And Cripsracing.com. Um, yeah, give it a give it a little push. Yep. No, we're um, yeah, we're ticking along at the moment. It's been. Bit of a battle, but we had a nice little day yesterday to uh, put the spring in our step. And actually, I won't go in depth about it, but a little spoiler alert. Uh, early in the new year, we'll probably be bringing in another service, which I guess you could say my current one is very tailored to the serious or professional punter. We're big on units and prices and yada, yada. But I think there's a lot of people out there who really like to just go to their with their mates to the pub and have a bet so probably going to bring in a separate service that will be a lot cheaper saturdays only um basically called the saturday pub sheet so keep an eye out for that in early jan like very it. good i'll like have to it. get you on in early jan uh, when yep. it is released give, to give, it give a us push. a full rundown 
Sounds good. Love a good sheet at the pub. <laughs> Love a good sheet at the pub. Hey, thanks to Mitchell Pateman who joined us earlier. Uh, always great having a chat with him. I think we're about the 13th news. I'll call us a news news agency, news something or other to, to speak to him this week. But uh, he's a lot of fun. And uh, gee whiz, I, I, I hope this will test your wins for the fact that I'll win money. But I, I just as much hope it wins for the story and uh, what it will mean to Mitch and, um, and all the lads uh, and his brother as well. What so. about the um – what about the just Terry? If there's ever a book written, you might have like a, a paragraph in how you uh, you offered to buy a share from yeah. Nigel Ride down at the uh, Stone Marvelous. Yeah. I would uh, want to dig deep, Sainers. Yeah. yeah, I can offer him thirty grand for five percent. I think you might have. Yeah, and he just about said yes, and then he, the hand was extended yeah, too, wasn't and it? And it was out, and I thought, you beauty, I've, I've missed a duddy. <laughs> Might be lucky to win another race, and now I reckon uh, that might be a bargain. To be honest with you, so <laughs> well, yeah, especially with their residual broodmare value exactly as well. Right. So, so yeah, maybe you'll just give me a share, old Nigel. Yeah, why not? Unlikely. Why not? Uh, thank you as well to uh, to Lukey Knight and Jordan Turner who slugged it out. I won't give away the results just in case you haven't listened to that part uh, of the show. But um, and Tommy Haylock as well. And Tommy Haylock, of mm. course, yes, helped us out with the winter bottom. That was uh, that was of great use because, uh, as I said, us three are real WA racing enthusiasts and, and probably don't deep dive or yeah. or even shallow dive <laughs> Blink, races. Blinkers on, yeah, exactly all yeah. that much. So um, two more weeks of the carnival to go. I'm sure we'll have another guest on next week. To be confirmed, but northerly stakes next week. Northerly stakes day. Uh, we finish the pinnacles finishes with the, with the rush. With the rush, yeah. With, with the rush. rush. With the rush. With the rush. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. And then we just breast up again till the quaker. <laughs> what a name. They've done well. But uh, no, looking forward to looking forward to this weekend. And uh, until next week on the one one.